Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome, everybody. <laughs> this is another episode of Pop Culture Crisis, episode twenty-one, I believe. Uh, we're keeping track now with uh, with uh, every announcement as the uh, as the episode starts. Uh, I am here today with my co-host. What's your name, young lady? Miracle Sam. Nice to meet you. How you doing today, Miracle? I'm great. What about you, Brett? You doing good? Yeah. You doing good? Yeah. I'm doing. I'm doing well. In fact, we have a co-host who I'm going to ask the same question to. What's your name, sir? Chris Carr. What do you work for? I work for the boss, Tim. Yes. Uh, I am the executive editor for the news team at TimCast.com. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Oh, speaking about TimCast.com, this is where you can find this lovely yes. shirt. Yes. Uh, step on the snack and find it's out. Literally, awesome. like the microphone is blocking your shirt. But I that's can't okay. <laughs> that's, that's okay. It's a, that was a, a nice. There you go. There, that was a fantastic. There that was a fantastic Finally. job. Uh, Finally. But yeah, you can find us on TimCast.com under merch and. You can find it, or it's not merch. I believe it's shop. My bad. Other it colors. Is, yeah. Other colors. Yeah, there's different colors. Yeah. Um, the green there's one. the olive green and this lovely yellow. There's other colors too. You can just find it out. That's right. And, and while you're mm-hmm. there, just navigate on down to the read tab and check mm-hmm. out some of the work that our awesome journalists are doing. We just yep. we just hired somebody recently, and he has been a monster. He's on top of it. He's been putting in some really awesome work. That yep. Mike. Yeah, yeah, Mike, oh, yeah. Michael, Michael Robinson. Mike yeah. is, uh, is it Robinson? Yes. You know, I don't know. And I keep meaning to ask him. It's just one of those things that I keep forgetting. I don't know <laughs> if it's Robison or Robison. I thought I've it heard was it both ways. Ro- I th- it looked like Robison to me, but Robison also makes sense. I know. Uh, I got I feel like there would be an E in Robison, but it couldn't be an E than an I. Exactly. It just doesn't make any sense. Well, I went through the same thought process you can you did. just search it up. Like, he claims that his family has a bunch of screen printing companies so you can just search up believe it or not screen printing companies don't pronounce words (laughs) so that doesn't really help but you know that's well also you can google it again doesn't pronounce (laughs) words but i mean i suppose it's got the thing where you can hit the little i like audio button Mm -hmm. and then it'll pronounce something for you well one quick little thing while i'm here i want to plug this news team because we're in the middle of the slowest news week of the year we call it lag week and there is literally no news and when tim Poole and cassandra fairbanks are amazing editor-in-chief pop into the newsroom and say it's a slow news day you know that it's a slow news day because they are on top of every single story Mm -hmm. and what that does and what i've seen today and yesterday is that that has motivated the news team to just dig up every single (laughs) thing that they could find Mm -hmm. so a slow news day on today for for instance it turned into just like a banging news day because these guys are after it every minute of the day and it's it's really awesome to be a part of my favorite is i'll be uh um, you know, because Hannah Claire will be in here, and she'll she'll come in. She you know she works remote. Some days she some days she comes into the office, and she'll just be there sitting at her computer for hours on end. Um, yeah, and just writes. seeing her in the zone is is very impressive. She's mm-hmm. fierce. I, I I even without seeing her in that environment, I know that's what she does because yeah. I think it was you know maybe a month ago she published her five hundredth timcast article jesus christ she is a monster another beast uh and it is the slowest it's so like even for like what we're doing right now like yesterday i had to like (laughs) 
Well, I did ask <laughs> if you want to talk about the royal family, but you were like, nah. Nah, I, <laughs> I, there's no such thing as a news day slow enough that I will want to talk about the royal family. Um, I agree. I get I it. Like, it's the, there's this weird pocket here of like what we want to talk about, which is like half pop culture half movie you know most of it is movies uh, that's the stuff that i find interesting but there's like in fact we have one today involving kim kardashian that's literally the perfect a uh, hybrid of both that if every day could have at least one article like that i'd be the happiest person on earth but in general right now it's just a very slow studios aren't making the same announce or aren't making announcements mm-hmm. like they normally would uh during the week because they're going to wait till after new year's you know everyone's p- spent all their money so they're not going to advertise uh, stuff right now that's just going up for sale, whether it's uh, pre-sales, digital, anything like that. People are waiting. So it's definitely slow right now, but we do have uh, a good amount of stuff to talk about. So the first thing we're going to talk about today is we're going to talk about the new Batman trailer, uh, The Bat and the Cat, which is my favorite of the trailers, oddly enough. And <laughs> uh, I've, se- I've heard some dissenting opinions on that. We are going to talk about this hilarious Kim Kardashian story and how she uh, is suffering the, f- like the anger of a, million, of a million nerds right now. We are also going to talk about uh, this article that I think a lot of people understood was probably true involving The Matrix and Lana Wachowski and some notes from the studio, uh, which I think people who saw the movie predict or thought that that's what the story was here but then this kind of just predict or just confirms what people already knew and then we are also going to talk about the reviews for cobra kai that have just come out that i find one i find concerning one which i have a little bit more faith in uh just given the i've read uh reviews from both publications both ign and av club i tend to find both are fairly much are pretty much shill media sites but i trust uh av club a little bit more in review than i do ign uh and then uh this another hilarious story madonna is back on the show with uh more hilarious uh hilarious tales ensuing with her and being like in her 60s and beefing with people like more than half her age so mm-hmm. <laughs> there's a, a lot to talk about right now she's just trying to stay relevant she's working very very hard to stay relevant mm-hmm. so <clears throat> i think we should just get right into it and we should just go right into the story about the bat and the cat and this trailer uh from uh from warner brothers uh and this tra- this article is from cosmic book news and it's from will harrigan uh and we'll only read part of this because most of it's we're just going to talk about what we thought of the trailer because i i know you uh, you, uh, me, you and Shane both messaged me uh, about this. <laughs> mm-hmm. So uh, I think Shane is sad that he can't be here to, to talk about it today. Uh, but this article says, The Batman, The Bat, and the Cat trailer is here. It says, Warner Brothers Pictures has released a new trailer for Matt Reeves' The Batman with, quote, The Bat and the Cat featuring Robert Pattinson and Zoe Kravitz. Uh, it's actually the whole cast, but that's, like, they're the most predominantly featured here. Mm-hmm. Uh, it says, Vengeance equals justice for both Bat and the Cat. Uh, watch the new trailer from The Batman down below, blah, blah, blah. We go down here and it says, this, and then this is just the synopsis for the movie. So we don't really need to talk a lot about this article. I just want to know your thoughts, uh, either, you know, both of you, on, uh, he might have more to say than you. You uh, saw it though, right? She saw yeah, it. I no, saw it. Uh, what did you think uh, of the trailer? I loved it. I thought it was the best out of everyone that I've seen out so of all. far. Mm-hmm. And it, it looked more promising than anything that Chris Nolan did with Batman in the frame to me. <laughs> really? Oh, absolutely. In, w- in what yeah. way? I just, I well, th- again, my, my complete British bias comes into play here. I don't think that Brits know how to use a camera. I don't think they know how to film anything. And I think that he doesn't bring... know how to see, film action scenes. I know that. That's true. Uh, That's true. My favorite is still. I, I and we're going to get slightly off topic for a second. There's a scene in The Dark Knight where um, the the Joker is um, having his standoff with uh, with um, Rachel, mm. and he says like a little spunk in you. 
I like that. And he goes, and Batman says, you're going to love me. And he literally appears from out of nowhere. There's no geography to the scene whatsoever. <laughs> He's just kind of there in this, and the Joker's in the middle of this large like banquet hall. And he just appears and there's no real explanation as to how the hell he got there. That's so true. Uh, I know exactly like, the scene you're talking about, but I never thought about that. It, it's so he's like, I'm like, where did he like? There should have at least all they could would have had yeah. to do too is get like an insert shot of him like somehow he got to the roof and he grappling hooked down, but they don't. He just appears there. Granted, yeah. Nolan's was far more story focused than he was uh, action focused in his movies. Though I do appreciate the use of practical effects, flipping the the truck. Um, mm, with the mm. with the wire, uh, so there's a lot of it that I did like, but uh, I, I do think you're probably right that he has a li- that Reeves is a little bit more uh, distinguished behind the ca- the camera, at least in this context. And despite all the praise that Chris Nolan gets as a as a filmmaker, I, I think that Matt Reeves is actually bringing some sort of auteur sensibility to this. Mm-hmm. Like it seems like he has a, a genuine perspective. I guess you could argue that Nolan does. I would disagree. I mean, I think that he's more of a he's kind of got a disastrous blend of qualities that really thwart anything that he does. I think that on the one sense he's part of that you know uh, appalling British culture that is very um, stoic and very repressed, mm-hmm. and you you find that kind of very slow. Um, unenticing uh, bubbling underneath all of these scenes. It's a lot of pumped... It, it, like, he tries to generate drama, but there's not a lot of drama in those uh, very long, talky scenes. And at the same time, I think he's obsessed with toys, like like directors. Some mm-hmm. some action directors are. He's obsessed with toys, and I think that that leaves him... Do you mean toys making, like IMAX? Like, like using um, IMAX to shoot scenes when it's not necessarily the most important thing? Or are you referring to on, like actual it within the script? I think... I don't know. It, it's it's kind of hard to describe. Like a, like a Michael Bay would be obsessed with toys you know what I mean it's that's everything from special effects to I don't know Nolan's a little different because he's one of those purists that you know believes in that actual integrity of film itself over just like digital filmmaking so Mm -hmm. he's kind of a weird case in that sense but I I, suffice it to say I think that Matt Reeves's movie is going to be it's going to have it's going to have perspective and it's going to have some um what's the right word it's going to have some idiosyncrasy okay yeah you know something unique about it that's really going to make it stand out um one thing I thought the, the first thing I noticed off the bat is that he managed to make a trailer at a pace that was far different than the other two and it still worked meaning that uh, he did not uh, keep that same slow plotting pace that he was kind of tethered to using the Nirvana song that he did uh, in the previous trailer. Uh, this one is pretty fast paced from start to finish. Another thing to be commended is just how little of the actual movie you get from watching these trailers, meaning that it's not mm-hmm. spoiling almost anything uh, mm-hmm. when you're watching it. Like there's nothing that I saw in there that would g- give away a great amount about what the script is. Uh, mm-hmm. I hated the line at the beginning, beginning with the lady talking about philanthropy. I despised, <laughs> I hated, I was like, your family used to do a lot of philanthropy. And he's like, and you're, as far as I'm concerned, you're not doing anything. If I was, be- if I was Bruce, Wayne, I'd be like, what's your point? <laughs> I don't know you shit. Okay, <laughs> f off. Like yeah. that's just me. That, uh-huh. like, I hated that line. Um, I love the the orange hue, which does remind me of Nolan in Batman Begins. But that was a tone that they lost in the like. One mm-hmm. thing I loved about Batman Begins was that it felt like a comic book movie in environment, meaning that mm. Gotham looked like its own city. Um, mm-hmm. uh, unique to itself uh, with uh, the way the tenement buildings were shot, the way that it almost looked like there was layered effects over it to make it look more um, like gauzy in, in the way mm. that the, the, like almost like a gauzy filter over the camera that made the buildings look less realistic, uh, you know, to go with the rain and the, in the orange tone that that movie had, which was then abandoned 
uh, in the Dark Knight, in the mm-hmm. Dark Knight Rises, when it basically just looks like Gotham being, you know, Chicago or New York City or Philadelphia standing in for Gotham City. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I feel like they lost that. I think my favorite part is I, I do think that all three of the actors that you heard the most from in there deliver their lines with a lot of charisma. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul Dano's voice is perfect. Yes. Um, absolutely perfect. Yeah. Uh, and Robert Pattinson's is understated and mm-hmm. not over the top. Though I did like Batman, I did like Batfleck with the with the voice changer because mm-hmm. I did always think it's ridiculous that he would keep the the you know the changed voice um, from scene to scene. Uh, like mm-hmm. for, you know, he, he changes his voice when he's talking in the Batman suit, and then he talks in a regular voice. Like uh, Bale's voice would go out on him regularly from having to huff when he spoke. He sounded ridiculous. Yes, mm-hmm. he did. He sounded like that's that's the most unexcusable thing about that whole trilogy yeah. is it's like how did he ever let somebody get away with that voice? Yeah. And and seeing this trailer, I'm just like, wow. Just in that one line reading or two line readings yep. that uh, 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 Robert Pattinson has as Batman, I was really excited. He he just like I don't know. Pattinson's proven himself to be a really game actor when yep. it comes oh, yeah. to mm-hmm. you know. He he like spent the like he, he he went the opposite way of like a Kristen Stewart. Like after he did the yeah. Twilight series, he said I'm not going to you know he he made a point to do under like low budget indie and our tour work oh but she has too it's just not she's, it's not any good her, but she's she just not any good at it uh well yeah I she would have been it, she would have been better going the other direction and just leaning into it and being uh and being just a hollywood actress but both of them seem like they wanted to get away from that mm. that role in a way that i mean mm-hmm. daniel radcliffe is still trying to do that he's like uh they like in the in honest trailers for all his movies are like daniel radcliffe like comes into his own as like a perfectly all right guy or all right actor <laughs> like he yeah. wants to be more but he's just not quite there yeah. um i also loved what was the other oh the the line you lied to me alfred uh that worries me i'm wondering mm. if they're gonna make his dad like a bad guy if they're mm. gonna make if we're gonna find out that bruce's dad was somehow like uh corrupt a corrupt mm-hmm. philanthropist be- because they br- <laughs> well because they bring up philanthropy at the beginning yeah. and then there's a line about you lied to me alfred i don't right. know what that would be other than something from his past right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so uh, and there's another line in one of the previous trailers where alfred goes good god like they're looking at something on screen so i don't know if maybe something is revealed by the riddler uh on like a, a video broadcast and then alfred sees it and realizes that bruce can see it too so mm. that's just spitballing off the top of my head uh, and I think that Zoe Kravitz absolutely did fantastic uh, in her line delivery uh, as oh, Catwoman. Yeah. I saw some videos of people that are like worried that like her getting this much play in this trailer means it's going to be like woke. I don't think that's what this is. Catwoman is an essential character to to you know to Batman. Yeah. So for, to get that much, especially if she's a main, you know an important character in this movie, it makes sense to give her. It's not like she was the whole trailer. Mm. She just had more in this than she had in previous. That's her trailer. And it's, it's I mean it's their yeah. trailer. Uh, well yeah, but I, but I mean Batman he is the focus of the movie yeah. and in, in the trailers. But I don't know that's a really strange claim that people are saying that. Yeah. I, I didn't get that at all. Uh, just well you know people are sensitive now to anything where it feels like <laughs> uh, a main character is being replaced like. A lot of times what I find is that it's a lot of worry over less than actually there because it's the media that uh, that makes these claims. And, and the movie ends up being like, maybe there's a little bit in there, but not a lot. But it tends to be worse in fear uh, of what is going to come on screen than what actually ends up being there. I'm guessing that a lot of that stuff is shot. Like there's probably a lot of like super woke stuff that gets shot that gets thrown on the cutting room floor because mm-hmm. it just doesn't fit within the context of whatever movie you're watching. Sure. Um, there was like... There 
there was stuff in when we, we talked about the Kingsman yeah. where there's absolutely lines where it's just awful like mm-hmm. it, it makes no sense they use the term privilege in like the eight in like 1918 <laughs> in like whenever world war, world war one was like what 1916 or something yeah, like some, that sometime around so then, i was yeah. like nobody would have said that like what i've right. realized is that i don't care about uh like all that stuff it's the buzzwords that's what i noticed mm-hmm. your brain it's like a limbic trigger right mm-hmm. so when i hear words like that that i hear in every day like if, if you start talking like you're on twitter Mm-hmm. <laughs> it immediately takes me out of whatever I'm watching. Yeah. So yeah. I, I really can't take that stuff. Yeah. It didn't reveal too much. Um, and they're, they've done a fantastic job of making the Riddler look a lot more terrifying than Paul mm-hmm. Dano will ever look in his, in his daily life. Cause Paul Dano is a very non, non threatening looking person. Mm-hmm. Um, Agreed. Yeah. Paul Dano kind of looks like, uh, I don't know. He, he looks like a, a like a hot dog bun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he doesn't. Yeah, yeah. Which is to say, he doesn't look like an actor to no, me. No, he's he always, doesn't. He's well, always struck me as somebody that probably shouldn't be acting, but he's just doing it. So it's, it's like uh, was I somebody telling me like James Spader literally didn't get the respect he deserved until he got ugly. That's <laughs> a, that, I, I didn't say that. They said they're like until he lost all his hair and, and got old, nobody respected how good of an actor he was. But he was uh, always that good of an actor. Yeah. It's just that you notice it more once they're. Uh, they made the same comparison to to lines from um, Stephen Amell when he did Arrow. They're like, this dude is actually a fantastic actor. He's just so good looking that you don't notice it. Interesting. You're just like, yeah. he's like first of all, the, sh- the writing is crappy and he manages to pull decent moments out of really crappy writing because it's a mm-hmm. CW show. Mm. But this guy can actually give you a good dramatic performance. He's just too, he's just too pretty. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's just too pretty. So uh, if there's one thing that you're looking forward to more than anything in the movie, what do you think it is? I just want to see an auth- another authentic comic book movie that kind of lives in the same world as the Joker to some extent. Yeah. You know, that's, that's what I want to see. Probably out of any movie that's being made right now, this would fit the most if they were to bring in. I know there's rumors about Barry Cogan doing a role as the Joker because of his uh, connection to Gotham PD, mm-hmm. uh, the show that's being made right now. But mm-hmm. if there was ever one where uh, Joaquin Phoenix's Joker would fit within this realm... It would be this. It would be this universe. I would hope so. Um, Miracles. Is there anything in particular you're looking forward to? I would say to? the same thing, and then like how everybody's concerned about um, Catwoman and Batman. She's kind of essential to the whole Batman story because she did get married to Batman in one of the comic book series, like the newest ones. So I'm kind of excited how they will portray that because you can't have Batman without Catwoman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, they're foregoing like mm-hmm. the the love, you know. Uh, th- there's no Rachel in this series, apparently, from what I can see. There's no uh, uh, who was it in? There's well, I guess you know you've got Michelle Pfeiffer and I know uh, yeah. it, that dynamic is so cool. Yep. I mean, yeah. so like I think that Batman Returns is one of the greatest comic book movies of all time. Yeah. And and to think of them, you know, tactfully and interestingly reviving that kind of dynamic between a hero and a villain is really cool. And I, and I love Zoe Kravitz, and I mm-hmm. I've been so impressed impressed by Robert Pattinson and mm-hmm. some of the work that he's done. Yeah. So yeah, I, I got high hopes for this and I have no hopes for good comic book movies. You know? <laughs> that's a good, that's even, a, even though I love that last Spider-Man movie. Yep. I really loved it. Yep. There's a, uh, is there any that I'm really looking forward to? Morbius. More, even that's more like, that's more like, uh, in a world of like comic book movies that are just kind of bleh, mm-hmm. it's like anything that can be just serviceable is enough for me to be moderately excited, especially mm-hmm. with how much I disliked Eternals and Shang-Chi was just kind of like fast food. I mean, all Marvel movies to me are like fast food. That's, right. It's course. not a knock. It's just, that's my take on it. Art is subjective. You're allowed to have whatever opinion you want. They don't mm-hmm. do it for me. Yeah. Um, but uh, given the way that most of these franchises go these days, I would say the thing for me is uh, is the uh, there seems to be minimal interference 
interference from the studio for once. Mm -hmm. DC, uh, Warner Brothers is notorious for being really quick to the trigger to make changes when there would be any amount of pushback on anything they did, right? Mm. So every time that they would make uh, uh, something would come out, uh, there would be new news about something. They would get worried and make changes because people didn't like this aspect of it or people didn't like... The Suicide Squad is a perfect example of that movie got chopped up and redone because of bad test screenings when all they should have done is just trust the director to do his job and make a movie, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The same thing goes for uh, Zack Snyder. Uh, people can say what they want, but the the extended cut of all his movies, though long, make a hell of a lot more sense than what ends up being used in the theater. I would rather a movie be long and make sense than uh, the studi studio greedily getting involved because they want to be able to fit more screenings uh, per day in the theater, which is mm -hmm. why they cut those, why there's that sweet spot mm -hmm. of time for movies to be around. So the minimal studio interference here and the willingness to let the director kind of uh, portray what he wants to because it's not connected to the DCEU, meaning that this doesn't have to worry about timeline issues with the rest of the films, that is good. And that's the way I think most of these should go. Abandon the extended universes and just let directors make good movies again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, one thing that I would like to see, and I don't think that it's going to happen, at least not in this movie, is Michael Keaton uh, popping up as well, a former. Well, Batman. he's going to be in um, the Flash. 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 Uh, and but I want to see a universe <laughs> being built where Michael Keaton reappears in all of his glory. Well, he's going to be there with Ben Affleck in the Flash, so there's no, nothing to okay. say that in future movies that couldn't happen. But they, that, like I said, that is them keeping this distinctly separate from the rest of it. Yeah. The second you start incorporating 90 versions of characters, it feels less significant to me. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's no stakes to any of it. So, But Spider-Man pulled it off, the most that, recent one. That is like, listen, that's a rare example yeah, yeah, yeah. of that being Fair able enough. to work, right? Like, sure. uh, Spider-Man is kind of quirky to begin with. Batman isn't really quirky. Like, I don't need to see how four different brooding actors brood. <laughs> yeah. Like, I can see three different types of quirky and be like, wow, cool. <laughs> I don't need to see how Michael Keaton broody Batman is different from Ben Affleck broody Batman which is different from Chris uh, from um, Robert. Robert no from Christian, um, Bale. Christian Bale's yeah. broody Batman mm. it's all just kind of it's all brooding to me so <laughs> like you know plus yeah. a lot of that like quirky works through a lot of different lenses brooding works to specific styles so the the style of character that is portrayed in the Robert Pattinson one is going to be vastly different than what Christopher Nolan would have portrayed so I don't mm. feel like they mm. cross over as well Mm -hmm. uh, as they do with you know lighter more irreverent tone sure so sure just yeah. just my two cents on it so i am excited about this one though the batmobile also looks freaking awesome awesome yep. um, yeah a much a much old school a much more old school version of the batman batmobile no tumbler yeah. <laughs> i like the tumbler too i just don't think it would have worked in this in yeah. this world so yeah, totally miracle uh anything else you want you're looking forward to i'm putting you on the spot here because you didn't really have a lot to say here well I am excited for this movie because you're excited. No. I'm just kind of done with Batman. No offense, but you, but you, like, you're actually a fan of the comics, like, the, yeah. like, like. So that's a. I didn't see any story in here. I mean, we know that they're st telling like year two, like it's mm -hmm. it's younger Batman. So like, the, it, is there any specific story you'd like to see adapted here? Well, I still like when you were asking me which villain I'm excited to see. I kind of want them to have Poison Ivy in it because mm. like. Um, if they have Catwoman, you can't do about Poison Ivy, kind of, because, like, she was, like, the first villain in mm. the other Batman movies to be there. But other than that, I'm I'm kind of done. Wait, was there a certain departure for you with Batman where you were just like, okay, now I'm done? Or have you mm -hmm. just not really been enticed by The sheer by amount it? of them? 
No, I just never got into them. Um, I'm more into like the animated movies because like you can do so much uh, more with the animations. And arguably, DC does animated movies far better than yeah, they do they live do. action movies. They do, they do. Like, have you seen um, the Dark Justice League Mm-mm. series? Okay, no. I love it because John Constantine. But other than that, I feel like they tell a better storyline. Interesting. Um, she talks about John Constantine a lot. Mm. Yeah, I do, and. They also did the Robin series also, mm, which was mm. really good because, like, um, what happened was when they found out that Damian Wayne was Bruce Wayne's son, they did it beautifully. They're like, mm. yeah, I'm your son. And he's like, okay. And he's like, and also I fixed your company that's losing money. So give me the company. Interesting. Huh. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have pitched it that way. <laughs> <laughs> not, qu- not quite the elevator pitch I would have used. But I don't know. I, it works. It works because, like, Damian Wayne, like, how his character is, he's very cocky mm-hmm. for, like, a little eight-year-old. Hmm. I think he's eight. I don't know. I forgot the age. Another reason they can't do that live action is because it just Ex- doesn't work with yeah. uh, mm. li- with real actors. You can't do that. Mm-hmm. So that's right. why I prefer it more animations. So, like, I'm okay if they did it live action. I'm happy that it. now we have, like, an actor that can actually do it. Because I really prefer Robert Pattinson as the actor for Batman. But other than that, I'm just kind of done. Gotcha. Yeah. Did you, so, but you read the comics? Or no? Yeah, I read a little bit of the comics. I also got like the comic reviews, and my camera's like slowly moving. <laughs> but yeah, uh, you're drifting away. <laughs> yeah, drifting away because I'm like Batman, whatever. Kimye, yeah. <laughs> but uh, so, uh, did I kill a transition? That was no, a fantastic. No, 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 that was a fantastic. <laughs> We're doing it. We're just okay, going you know, straight to it. Uh, this is th- this was probably if if I was to if somebody was to say to me like what is the um perfect story that could meld what you're trying to do here with this podcast this is literally the fusion it's like a wizard took two <laughs> elements and put them together and made one perfect story are you story. saying that dr strange is always watching that's absolutely exactly what i'm saying <laughs> this is from uh lad bible and it says Sp- spider-man fans are fuming after kim kardashian shares major spoilers mm-hmm. um this is like <laughs> Uh, I don't know if I told this story on here. Uh, I, I did maybe the most petty thing of my entire life recently. Um, I have a friend. I, I don't really consider him a friend anymore. We do not get along anymore. Uh, mm-hmm. And I am probably the most non-confrontational person in the world. So when somebody treats me with disrespect, I'm, li- I'm liable to just let it go and turn the other cheek, whatever. And this dude has been very rude to me the last uh, the last six to eight months he's also happens to be a huge spider-man fan so when we went and saw spider-man the day it came out i just sent him a message with all the spoilers and no warning (laughs) um that was maybe the most petty thing i've ever done in my entire life after like six months worth of like disrespect from someone but imagine doing it to millions of people for no reason not even because someone was treating you very badly so maybe th- she's trying to build up her brand again because Kanye did buy a house across of her house. That I was gonna that, that yeah. was gonna be the other story we were gonna do today. I was gonna do a I was I was imagining like a like a, it becomes like a psychological horror like thriller <laughs> where like everywhere she goes Kanye is there <laughs> like she's out walking. Uh, it's she's you out, in real life. Yeah, she's out like uh, with the with the kids with a stroller and Kanye's across the street like like cutting hedges at another person's house <laughs> and everywhere she turns Kanye's there but this is uh, this is even better it says just a little heads up that the article below contains spoilers see I'm giving you guys a spoiler warning even though I'm sure most of you seen it because mm-hmm. you guys have not been rude to me so you know <laughs> uh, 
Uh, it says, it contains spoilers for Spider-Man No Way Home, so if you'd rather not see them, click away now and avoid Kim Kardashian's Instagram stories while you're at it. Uh, Kim Kardashian has upset Spider-Man fans by posting some pretty hefty spoilers on her Instagram stories from the latest flick. As you probably know, Spider-Man No Way Home hit cinemas early this month, and while ma- many eager fans were waiting for the first viewing available, others are still waiting to take a trip to see it on the big screen. Avoiding spoilers is an extreme sport at the best of times, but with a, mi- a movie as major as Spider-Man, it becomes even more difficult. That is actually very, very true. Like, you have to learn how to navigate the internet in avoidance of spoilers when something like this is going on. Mm-hmm. It says, uh, and so to Kim K's Instagram stories, where she shared photos she took during a screening of the film at her home theater, revealing a major and much-anticipated storyline. Maybe that's the worst part, that she did this from a home theater. That she's just rich and got to do this from home. Like, <laughs> That's what triggered maybe, <laughs> maybe worse than her revealing stories is the fact that she didn't need to go out into the general public and deal with the mere dregs of society like us. Uh, us plebs had to go and, and, and see it with other people. And she both got to see it on her own in her mansion and reveal spoilers. Come on, man. But at the mm-hmm. same time, it's not like she's sitting in an IMAX theater. So We don't... I, how do we know? She's worth a billion dollars. She could have an think IMAX so. theater. I don't never know. know. I doubt it. I doubt it. Have you seen Jesse? Like, they have their own IMAX theater in that whole Disney TV show. Oh, I don't, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Maybe it's cheaper <laughs> They're that rich. It says, and so, to, so it says, the two images she chose to share showed two previous Spider-Man stars, Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire, on screen. So she literally took the one that everyone was trying to avoid and put that on her Instagram story. Holy crap. Like, even me, who's like, uh, we're like encouraged to not give spoiler warnings because they don't want people to like click off, but I still try to give them anyways. But uh, that video was more viewed than our non-spoiler video. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. Um, I, I, spoilers don't bother me, mm-hmm. usually. Uh, like, if it's like uh, people who like to see M. Night Shyamalan movies for the twist, but then once you see the twist, is it really worth watching? Does the movie have replay value? To me, it's about whether the movie's uh, good and re- watchable in lieu of the spoil you know the the spoilers can't be the only reason you go see it otherwise the video doesn't have any legs it won't hold on and it won't stay culturally relevant that's mm-hmm. exactly right that's why i don't buy into the spoiler nonsense yeah. i don't i don't yeah. i don't think they exist i don't think they're real i think that people are looking for a reason fake to spoilers fake it, it, total fake spoilers are fake i don't news. believe it a minute and you touched on <laughs> you touched on the main reason why if spoilers literally spoil a movie then why do we rewatch our favorite movies yep mm-hmm there's yep. no reason. I've, yep. Like, you would just be like, oh, I've seen it again. I don't need to watch it. Yep. You watch it for the experience. The craftsmanship isn't there yep. and the storytelling mm-hmm. isn't there. Then nothing's being spoiled. Mm-hmm. I mean, yep. okay, so there's a screenshot of the former Spider-Man. So what? Don't you want to see how they got there? Yeah. And like, mm-hmm. what? This is so insane to me. It's so infuriating. I Maybe hate the spoiler Sony, stuff. Yeah. I hate it. it Maybe does. Sony, like, paid for to do that. No. No. <laughs> so it might be funny. My guess is that Sony wanted to, re- like, there was a, a couple of articles that I read that we didn't report on here where, like, Sony wanted to reveal that in the trailer and decided not to. Like, yeah. you know. Mm. Well, there's precedence for this because mm-hmm. uh, people have flirted with this before to, you know, catastrophic extent. So it, do you remember the original trailer for uh, Castaway? Yeah. Mm-mm. People got in trouble for that. So uh, basically in, in the original Castaway trailer, they showed at the end that he escaped the island. So the whole thing is pointless. <laughs> like, <laughs> Well, no, but people gave Robert Zemeckis a lot of crap for that. They were yeah. just like, how mm-hmm. did you do this? You ruined the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert, you know, yeah. uh, pan- uh, 
uh, Pandemonium. Pandemonium? Mm-hmm. Pandemonium. Back in. <laughs> He's a writer, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. I write. Pandem- I'm good. Pand- <laughs> yeah. See, if I started a wrestling company, Pandemonium would be my answer to WrestleMania. <laughs> oh, that that Red so Bull cute. that I had, I don't know what it just said. Is it Pandemonium? <laughs> um, but so he got a lot of pushback for that. And he said, mm-hmm. basically, and this is Robert Zemeckis, I'm paraphrasing. He was just like, well, this is why people go to McDonald's. They want to know what they're going to eat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that was his whole push. That was his whole response to the pushback was, hey, look, I'm just telling them what the product is going to be, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. beginning to end. And if they have a problem with that, then they're probably not going to like the product. But there you go. also, it's kind of common sense that he's going to get off of the island. Could, I no, mean, it's not. Well, no. I don't know. I guess it kind of is. That's I mean, true. that's assuming it's going to have a happy ending, right? It's Tom no. Hanks, uh, so he's going to have a happy ending. Well, right? he lost Wilson. Oh, that that was very sad. Still yeah. recovering from that loss. Very yeah. sad. Very sad. <laughs> oh, I thought you didn't know. Maybe spoilers in spoilers in like war, like in documentaries. Shh. <laughs> like, like they told me how the JFK documentary was going to end. No. Whatever will I do? Oh Jesus! <laughs> I can't think of one movie mm-hmm. that if I had no had been given a spoiler Titanic in advance, spoilers. No, no, not at all. That movie is a masterpiece. Yeah. It's three hours of masterful filmmaking and great acting. That's the kind of crazy mm-hmm. cinematic, not to digress, that's the kind of crazy cinematic masterpiece is not allowed really to be made anymore. Nope, mm-hmm. you, it was just, the, just the size of the sets won't ever happen again. Never again. The same thing with Lord of the Rings. Uh, mm-hmm. The practical mm-hmm. effects and the practical sets uh, that were used to make those things reality, uh, nothing will ever carry that level, that scope anymore because there is a... Um, a diminished sense of wonder to CGI, no matter how big the world, yes. you know, you can show me galaxies, but that to me doesn't inspire the same amount of awe as seeing uh, what is essentially a full-sized uh, ship on the inside actually being flooded by water. Exactly. Um, it just doesn't do it for me in, in the same way. That's why I miss, I, you know what I miss more than anything? Miniatures. Mm-hmm. When they would Aww. use miniatures yep. for settings. Uh, yep. I was watching... Um, the bonus features for GoldenEye recently. It was like one of the last movies that they used real like miniatures for uh, expansive set. You know, like uh, mm. there's the Severnaya uh, facility and they had to build that thing with all of the, the, you know, like fake snow, little pieces. And you wow. don't really realize it until you watch it on camera, but that's a lost art, mm-hmm. right? There, it really you don't is. see that anymore. Yeah. Uh, but I could see like more... Uh, low budget or indie filmmakers using stu- you know some there should be somebody who should make it his signature to just bring back using miniatures or Legos just use Legos <laughs> or use Legos I support that in any yeah. context uh, I mean yeah but I guess more generally I would say in camera effects mm-hmm. like yeah. mini digression this CGI crap is mm-hmm. the same reason that I stopped watching Stranger Things at the end of season mm-hmm. one mm-hmm. it's just like they built this perfect world of like 1980s yeah. life Mm -hmm. Like it was so, I I thought it was so rich and so well done and so uh, specific. And then they blew it off. They totally blew it with that, Mm -hmm. you know, third rate Guillermo del Toro Mm -hmm. CGI flower face monster at the end. And I was just like, this is stupid. Like they set up this whole world of Mm -hmm. in-camera effects when in-camera effects were awesome. And they blew it. And so, I mean, yeah, I I take issue with CGI stuff for the most part. Unless it's done very well. They've, uh, I watched, um, I was, I, I, I got a friend to watch the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie mm-hmm. the other night. Because <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I got a, I got a frame, like a frameable version of, if you've ever seen the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, there's a, a drawing that April O'Neil does of Leonardo on a bench uh, watching over Raph after he gets hurt. Um, and the fact that all of that stuff was done uh, with no CGI with rubber suits, um, 
has half the size and scope of a full uh, of a teenage mutant Turtle movie by Michael Bay, but twice the emotional impact because totally. you feel uh, like you're more connected to what you're seeing on camera, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And that was in 1990. So, like when we say that the the movie should stand on its own in in lieu of spoilers, I can watch that movie any day of the week. Seven days. Okay, not seven days. I can watch that. <laughs> I can watch that movie once a week, every day or every year, and I would never get bored of it. And that's mm-hmm. because of the in-camera work that was done and the amount of weight that comes with something that has nothing to do with uh, big reveals. Uh, and maybe it does speak to what uh, Scorsese was saying about comic book movies just being essentially roller coaster rides or theme park rides mm-hmm. and not actual cinema. That's right. Mm-hmm. Like whether you agree with it or disagree with it, he has a point in that respect that uh, if if spoilers are a big deal for you, uh, it's because that spoiler has something connected to the comic books, which means that that art form was more artfully crafted that, that, that impact you're waiting to see it on the big screen. So Mm. it's the same writing. Uh, it's the same desire you feel towards writing. It's just something being adapted, not something that was made for the camera specific. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Um, I side with Scorsese on this all the way. Yep. So, uh, Miracle, would you have been mad if, if Kim Kardashian had ruined... No, because I watch spoiler reviews. I think it's stupid that people are, like, overdramatic about this. Like, you already kind of knew what was going to happen. Yep. And this movie's been out how long now? Well, this... I mean, I, I don't know how long ago this happened, but mm-hmm. the, the point is, though, is, like, a lot of people, maybe because they're scared to go out to theaters, mm-hmm. or maybe because they just live in a place where there's no sh- there was no showings available, mm-hmm. so they're waiting to get their tickets and go see the movie, and then Kim Kardashian ruins it for you. I well, can't imagine that anybody lives in a place where they can't, you know, drive 20, 30 minutes and see Spider-Man. Well, maybe, maybe they just... Maybe they work, and they, when every time when they get off work, there wasn't showings available, like... Uh, by, by now you'd think they would have seen mm-hmm. it. I don't see a date down here like if this happened opening weekend she's a dick mm. <laughs> she is mm. but I don't think it was opening weekend because right. she would have done it a long time ago and people would have blown this story okay. a long time ago totally as, uh, as you can imagine fans yet to see the flick were livid particularly those who had muted their social medias to avoid spoilers well then how long do you leave your social media muted if it's been out for two weeks yeah, yeah. I, I don't know so posting on Twitter one person wrote not Kim Kardashian spoiling Spider-Man for be- oh, okay. well okay my question is how long do you wait until like you reveal a spoiler because for us we revealed it that day when it came out yeah but we announced it beforehand yeah but i'm talking about regular people like how do you how long do you wait until you spoil it personally i think you shouldn't be like if you don't want to know the stuff you shouldn't be looking up stuff you, that's right or you should accept that it is the it is your cross to bear if you do get spoiled on something mm-hmm. if you're searching out media related to it right mm-hmm. but also who's Who's watching like Kim Kardashian stories like twenty four seven? And what's sp- like uh, rabid Spider Man fans? Mm-hmm. Yeah, is there a lot of crossover? Into her? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, exactly. That's what I can't get over is what's the Venn diagram overlap here? <laughs> like, she's hot. <laughs> she's so hot. leave her alone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like I don't know. Like that doesn't. I mean, cross. I, I get it. Like there, there's weird celebrity worship. That's like celebrity worship is the weirdest thing in the entire world to mm-hmm. me. Uh, people who have like. Like fan accounts for celebrities is the weirdest thing in the entire yeah, world. Yeah, we talked about it yesterday. Did, was that yesterday? Yeah. yeah. That is the weird weirder is like people who have like fan accounts for couples. Like Tom's and Dea 33222. <laughs> like that, like some that, there's a person on the other end of that phone that's like posting pictures and it's like they every they're everything. Oh my god. Heart 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 heart. I'm like that's just But it's still it's I can it barely, may 
it may be creepy, but I feel like it's kind of nice that we have positivity out there. Well, there's a lot of negativity. Yeah, until they break up, and oh. then then what does that person do? Well, I, I, there is one exception that I can mm-hmm. think of to this, and I, I really need to know her name to like mm-hmm. mention this because she deserves to be mentioned and watched. Yeah. There's one girl on TikTok that is like a uh, Kim Kardashian completist, okay? And she provides thoughtful analysis of everything that's happening in Kim Kardashian's life based on the show, based on the tabloids, based on everything. And like, but she's been like keeping the receipts for 20 years, oh you know? Oh my God. So, and, and this is why like when, when you come across a TikTok of hers where she was just like, Kanye West just did a, uh, a concert uh, for the uh, the last album and, and then there's them and it looks like they're getting married again and then so-and-so shows up. Like she is like, it, it's really like thoughtful celebrity analysis yeah. from somebody that is like a true obsessive and, it, and it, it's interesting every time I watch it I love it you know? I, it'll always be weird to me good good for them I mean if, it, if that's what your thing is yeah. go with God my friend like that's uh, that's always weird to me like I guess is that any weirder than me uh, loving following movies or following I, I guess maybe it's a, one's a fictional per, one's fictional characters uh, but it's mm. the product of work I guess you could argue for both things, right? Like the movie is a product of a bunch of people working together to create something. But I guess in a lot of ways, a celebrity could be seen the same way. Like well, it's a product of their work to get where they to get where they be, get yeah. where they got. I guess right. Like, well, I mean, but this is the thing. This is why I find that one girl's analysis so good. Is that I mean, it's it's Kim Kardashian. Like mm-hmm. I think that that she's a celebrity befitting analysis. Like if, if there was a James Spader two two three, dude, okay. there, there yeah. is. There's or at least maybe not for him, but for like his character on the blacklist, there absolutely okay. is. Okay, I can yeah. see that. Wait, are you talking about the TikToker named Libra Lovin? Oh, I don't know. Because, I can find out. I can find okay, out. I'm not because sure. Because I just Googled it, and there's an article where it talks about a TikToker who calls Kim Kardashian and Pete Davidson's relationship a PR stunt, distracting the astral world tragedy, <laughs> sparking debate. Well, I, with a name like Libra, whatever. She's, Lovin. She's clearly, uh, uh, she's the one that you don't, that when you get the, the that meme of like the text like you're to your mom at like three in the morning mom what time was i born and then your mom says run don't talk to her just just go just get away from her she's bad news nothing good will come of this conversation my friend mm-hmm. you do not uh divulge your life story to uh to an astrology uh girl in a bar at two in the morning am i getting that right astrology is that what like our yeah. friend Sarah, is all, was that what it was? Yeah. yeah, just weird. <laughs> it's like, not weird. What like, time were you born? <laughs> it's not weird. There's some t- um, scientists that are trying to prove that it's real science. Oh, real science. Mm. Real science that can predict the future. Like, um, the I wonder how much funding is going is going into this <laughs> so-called real science. It's probably a lot. Pro- yeah. <laughs> Money laundering, my friends. But the Simpsons like did an episode where... like. Um, What's the scientist's name? Frank something? Mm. I forgot what his name. He Oh, I know the scientist character. Yeah, I don't know the his weird name, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, but he did an episode where he predicted Lisa and Bart's future with astrology. <laughs> Ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> Which did predict um, one of our presidents. I'm not going to say it because it's... Oh, political. that could be a whole show. Yep. Yeah. Simpsons predictions? Oh, my yeah. gosh. So uh, many. So I think you're right, though. It says uh, on this article, it says, There's well, a, a, a third person says, quote, I went all this time without Spider-Man spoilers just to have Kim Kardashian <laughs> ruin it for me on her Insta story. You know what? Every day that you don't uh, go see what it is that you want to see and you're on the internet, you're running risk of, of something spoiling your uh, your fun. So. What do you just live under a rock, but... 
done. Th- that's what just they, do that. I would. I would much rather uh, him be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, than than tweeting or uh, posting or whatever he's doing. If you're exactly. if you're if you're whining about spoiler alerts, I'm sorry. Like you're looking for a reason to complain. You're looking for a reason to be special. You're very boring and you're super annoying. That's like a robot chicken episode where there this cow no no not a cow a guy came back from the future and he's like oh my god eat this burger and she's like no and he's like you have to stop being trying to be special you're not special <laughs> why oh because she wouldn't eat the burger yeah because cows took over the earth was the- this like weird vegan propaganda <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and she's like no i want something to identify with so i can be special and he's like you're not special just eat the burger that, and she that ate the, it that is the world we live in now too people yeah. want uh, they they want to be special mm-hmm. yeah, yeah well it's because like we don't have in especially in first world countries we don't have anything to complain about anymore I miss, I truly believe that nothing brought us together more in America than the term first world problems. <laughs> it's maybe the least divisive term or idea in history. Right. We're, it's, it's, the, uh, it's the snobby ha-ha version of we're all in this together. Uh, it's like, you know what? You know, we don't really got much to worry about here. Now everyone's all divided on everything, even on our movies. I say we just go back to the term first world problems. Yeah, it was uh, it was much easier to identify with. Everybody here has it good. Yeah, first world problems be like I am complaining about how the Matrix is bad. Right, that was another fantastic segue. Uh, it, oh, it, real quick, real quick. Yeah, I just have to, I just have to shout out this awesome girl on TikTok. Her mm-hmm. name is Kardashian underscore Colloquium. Oh, Colloquium okay. spelled weird, but you can find her. Kardashian underscore K O L L awesome analysis oh. like it's expert analysis that is uh, do you think she gets paid by kim kardashian to do that i don't know i i have no idea i, I i'm still trying to figure out how tiktok works but oh. anyway stomped on another <laughs> flawless transition sorry about that I had speaking to throw it about out there. tiktok subscribe to ours that, that was good, yeah. yes uh, <laughs> there you well, go I, I didn't i didn't promote any of the social we, we promote the socials at the end of the show but yeah uh, we do uh the tiktok and the facebook are both at pop culture at pop culture crisis mm-hmm. and the twitter is at pop culture underscore show <laughs> we have to because our tiktok is going low yep they want uh, they want more promotion for the tiktok so mm-hmm. uh i do we do we are going to talk about the matrix here though okay. um uh, I, I do think that this article on The Matrix is really interesting because this is exactly what I thought it was going to be when I when I saw this movie. And I the, one of the reasons I, I bumped one of our other stories and brought this one up was because I had a feeling that you would... Because uh, you saw the movie. Mm-hmm. No, right? no. No, you didn't, you didn't see the movie. No. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I haven't seen any of The Matrixes. I wonder if... <laughs> but you had a strong opinion in the Slack the other day <laughs> about something, calling it like remember. not a movie or something like that. Uh, yeah, it was I, very snobby. Yeah. Or, no, it was, it was very, uh, it was very um, snarky, not snobby. It was mm-hmm. very snarky. It was probably both, to be fair. Okay. I mean, well, I, he I said Scrooge was a good movie. Yeah, that's true. I stand by these opinions. Yeah. I, I find the Matrix movies unwatchable. I've tried to watch the original Matrix probably a dozen times. <laughs> mm-hmm. I tried to rewatch it. Like three months ago, I was just like, no, no, no. I, I literally can watch this movie. I just have to sit down and do it. Mm-hmm. Couldn't do it. Can you tell me why? I just, I. It's just. Dumb. It's like white noise. I mm-hmm. just, I just don't get it. I don't like it. I don't. I can read the comments now, man. You don't get it. He's like, yes, yeah, that's I what don't. I'm saying. I don't get it. I've tried, but I've literally tried to watch this movie a dozen times. It's like like my eyeballs just slide off the screen. I don't know mm-hmm. what it makes me sleepy. It makes me tired. It makes me bored. I, I don't know what it is. I, I don't get it. Man, but it's because you're in the Matrix, man. <laughs> yeah, it's because you're in the Matrix. That must be it. Still so, in it. 
This article is uh, from Deadline, and it says, quote, The Matrix Resurrections would have uh, moved on without Lana Wachowski if she didn't volunteer to direct, which is exactly what I assumed happened when I saw this movie. Um, the, article, uh, the article is from Valerie Complex. I wonder if that's her actual last name. Mm. Um, if you've watched The Matrix Resurrections, you might remember a scene where the character of Smith, played by Jonathan Groff, takes a, a jab at Warner Brothers, possibly leaving Lana and Lily Wachowski, the originators of the Matrix franchise, behind to direct another Matrix film. Well, turns out that's not just hyperbole. That was where this movie lost me. They mentioned Warner Brothers by name in the movie, yeah. mm. which is a level of meta so high that you're not Spider-Man, and you do not have the goodwill built up uh, that Spider-Man does right now. For, for all intents and purposes, the original Matrix, to me, is uh, a, an amazing film. I think it's culturally significant in more ways than most of us really would care to admit. Uh, but I also believe that Matrix 2 and 3 were utterly forgettable and never needed to be made. Um, mm -hmm. So when I found, when somebody said that they're making a fourth one, the first thing I said, and what I think a lot of people said is, Why? Why would you do that? Uh, and then a lot. one of the arguments people make when, when they're trying to defend something like this as it's getting made is like, but the original director is back. Uh, the original star is back. Keanu's back. Okay, fine. But first of all, it's not both directors. It's just one. It's just Lana. Uh, it's not Lily. Uh, and when I saw the way this movie came out, it, it felt like it was a director or a, it felt like a writer that was scrambling to find a story to tell because she had to, not because she wanted to, mm -hmm. which is directly in contradiction to what a lot of the press or, you know, the press junket talked about. She, uh, the Wachowskis lost their parents recently, and she told this story, Lana did, about how she went back to writing this movie because she wanted to be around familiar characters because it helped her cope with her parents' death. Mm -hmm. Cynical me says that sounds like press fodder. Uh, obviously losing your parents is, is freaking awful and if that's what helps somebody cope then that's what helps somebody cope but to me this movie felt like something that the studio's like look we're gonna make this th there's money to be made here the this is a this movie has strong brand recognition Keanu's willing to come back uh, we're gonna make this with or without you better it be with you than have you not be involved Oof. Mm. Uh, because that's what happens when you write it when you make a movie for a big studio you don't own that uh, those characters the studio owns those characters right mm -hmm. not everybody gets to be J.K. Rowling mm -hmm. um, so it says in a recent interview with, Co with Collider uh, Resurrections producer James McTeague admits that WB had plans to assign a different director M McTeague had worked on all of the Matrix films and stated that quote the money making capability of a fourth Matrix film meant that there was always talk uh, however when Lana Wachowski jumped at the chance to direct the studio quickly said yes it just made sense to have the original director on board See, I don't know if she jumped at the chance to direct as she jumped as the chance to have somebody else not direct. Yeah, that's exactly um, what I would think. The, yeah. I, and more power to her, right? I mean, this is mm -hmm. clearly they created something that's extremely culturally significant. Even to this day, 18 years later, those characters likely do mean a great deal to them because it's uh, it speaks to their career and what they've accomplished. You're not going to so easily want to just push that aside mm -hmm. and let somebody else mess around with your with your characters. This uh, a good example of this is like imagine all the comic book uh, writers who created 
hundreds of characters who have never had any say over what happens to them yeah. uh, as they get um, shuffled and reimagined in every shape, way, and form. The I'm I was telling Miracle the other day. I'm ex- I'm looking forward to maybe to the show Peacemaker maybe more than anything because the Suicide Squad the, the new one is a masterpiece as far mm. as I'm concerned. It's a James mm. Gunn masterpiece. Mm. Um, and uh, but the one thing that I'm that I'm worried about is that they're doing the character Vigilante and the character Vigilante. Sh- if there's one character that shouldn't be goofy vigilante should not be a goofy character but the television version of it uh in this context looks absolutely ridiculous mm-hmm. uh so imagine being the character the the, the writer I, I don't know uh off the top of my head who it was that created that character but imagine being the comic book artist or or author that come that just you know that created so many of these characters and then watching them get done dirty by all of these movie studios that want to uh whether it's force feed some type of agenda into the character or just change it for the sake of uh, the studio needs more of this so we're mm-hmm. going to put this person there like there's a thousand reasons why these characters get bastardized and then they have to just sit by and take it because they don't own any of it mm-hmm. yeah. she doesn't own the Matrix nope. Warner Brothers does so she has to now find a way to stay involved just so that even if it's bad at least it's bad because she made it not because somebody else took it and had no clue what to do with it Mm-hmm. That's true. I, I, I mean, she also just wants to be a part of the legacy, yes. right? I mean, she doesn't want to let the the fourth Matrix movie just fall into somebody else's hands. So, okay, so you the first one in your view is a masterpiece. The second two were forgettable. I only saw the second two once each, and they my brain just shuts off during them. Uh, to me, they yeah. became uh, they became uh, highbrow wannabe intellectualism that didn't really work for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I do remember going to the theater, despite the fact that I couldn't get through the first Matrix to see the Matrix 2. I, I was in high school when that when the, the second Matrix came yeah. out. We left. Like, yeah. We, we yeah. just left like a halfway through. Yeah. Maybe 30 minutes in. It, but, but what did you think about the fourth one? It's maybe one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my entire really? life. Really? Not in my entire life. That's... that's I have a, I have a, a proclivity for... I, I can be hyperbolic. Okay, sure. there are bright spots in this movie that had nothing to do with the original trilogy. Uh, mm. The character of Bugs, by played by Jessica Henwick, I thought had potential. Like, I would have rather seen a movie just about her and not make it a Matrix movie. Mm-hmm. Take the same character, uh, use a similar story, and don't call it a Matrix movie, and I think she could have carried it to a decent performance. Mm. Yeah. Um, mm. The guy who played... Uh, the reimag not reimag the, they couldn't get Hugo Weaving back uh, be- for s- because of scheduling issues to play Smith. This guy chews the scenery fairly well, but he's not Hugo Weaving. He's never mm. going to have Hugo Weaving's voice. He's not going to have Hugo Weaving's stage presence. And I think Neil Patrick Harris did an okay job at his version of what do they call him? The analyst rather yeah, than yeah. The it's like th- there's a character in the original called the architect. This is the analyst, mm. and Neil Patrick Harris plays a decent bad guy. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. but these elements were not, you know, uh, Keanu Reeves doesn't look like he's like, he looks like he wants to be there because Keanu Reeves is the nicest guy ever. And they're probably like, we want you to make this movie. And he's probably just wow. too nice to say no. Sure. Uh, and Carrie Ann Moss looked like she would rather be anywhere, but making this movie. That's wow. my personal opinion. While, oh, while they were doing man. this, there was, I saw nothing in her performance that felt like she actually wanted, wanted to be there and giving this performance similar to like when she played, um, when she was in daredevil as, uh, Oh, what's the lawyer? I can't remember the lawyer's name off the top of my head. But she's uh, uh, in Daredevil. I want to say Happy Hogan, but that's... <laughs> no, that's right. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's um, something different. Um, but uh, she she's uh, she's she looks like she wants to be there, right? Whereas then you get... Um, uh, who is it from Silence of the Lambs? Um, what's her name? Oh. Jodie Foster. Jodie Foster. Uh, uh, she's in... 
uh, in the Daredevil in the uh, the Defender series, and she looks like she would rather be anywhere mm. but doing this. Like she's just doing it for a paycheck, right? Mm. Um, but uh, Carrie Ann Moss in that show as the lawyer. Uh, looks like she wants to be there and is enjoying doing this role. Whereas in this movie, she just looks bored. Oh, like, man. She looks like she knows that it's bad. That, now, that could just be my personal bias of how much I was disliking this movie. Mm. And she's not on screen very much. That's the other thing. She's not in this movie very much. And the whole time she's on screen, she doesn't look like she wants to be there. Yikes. That could be me projecting my own take on the movie onto her performance. I can, I can readily admit that. I could be seeing it that way, but that's what it looked like to me. Yeah. Mm. Uh, did you find out who? What? Um, which one are you talking about, Marcy or Samantha? Kyrian Moss's character. Kyrian Moss. Yeah. Oh Jesus! I should have just done that. Uh, well, one of them says Marcy. It's not Marcy. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but it, it's not important. Uh, I, I just get annoyed when I can't remember things off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, it, the bright spots had nothing to do with the original with the original trilogy. Wow. Um, That's so really disappointing. But I mean, you've been you've now been disappointed three times. Yeah. So yeah. are you used to but, it? Well, I I wouldn't even call myself disappointed in the original two sequels because I was too young to really care enough. I'm like, oh, this is kind of sucky. I was barely mm. bored. Whatever. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I just I, I didn't I didn't really find it good in any way, shape, or form. And a lot, wow. and that's the other thing. People are like, it's it's woke. I'm like, no, it's just a bad movie. It's just a really bad movie that didn't need to be made. Like the whole time you're watching it, you feel like the it's super meta and over the top. And we've gone over this before, so we don't yep. need to go over this again and again. It's super meta and over the top, but in a way that doesn't really work. So for sure, seriously, you can't IMDb Carrie Ann Moss. <laughs> Sorry, I'm annoyed now because I googled it. My bad. Sorry for not googling it. This is your fault, Miracle. It is. I'm passing the blame off to you. Okay. Well. Sorry. You know what? We're just going to do it on air. I'm just going to do it myself because you know what? Sometimes when you have to do things, you have to do it yourself. You have to do it yourself. Yep. Also. I should have, but my laptop yep. died. Yep. Oh, <laughs> dang. <laughs> so. <laughs> uh, Jerry Hogarth. Oh, Jesus Christ. Happy Hogan, Jerry Hogarth. Ah, uh, I see what uh, you did. So, okay. uh, that took me all of eight seconds miracle i'm sorry i googled uh, it <clears throat> have you heard of imdb did you grow up with it like we did <laughs> internet <laughs> movie i'm just gonna skate dad the base i'm just i'm we're sorry i we got a comment once that said i mean to miracle miracle i'm sorry okay it's because you keep apologizing when you yeah. keep apologizing you get people treating you mean why are you twisting you son of a bitch <laughs> for the people listening to the Wait, podcast it's family friendly i thought i would have been swearing this whole time <laughs> it's fine we try to be family family friendly it's um, okay you're just gonna hear like chicken beeps everywhere <laughs> that's a great uh, way to deal with i can't that. believe mm-hmm. i had looked it up on my own miracle i'm sorry <laughs> we're, we're kidding we're kidding you know what's a good tv show that makes you happy cobra kai nope we're still talking ah, about it dang I, it <laughs> That was a, that was a fantastic attempt though. Um, I tried. The, yep, you're you're just all sorts of off today. You know what? You I can, am sorry. You can go home. I can. Yeah, Ejected. go home. Ejected. You are gone. 
It says, okay, so I just, I, we, we kind of got off topic here, but basically they talk about the <laughs> money-making capability. It says, quote, and this is from that, uh, that producer. It says, look, I think when you've had a franchise that has much money-making potential and capability, there's always talk. It's the same way that Marvel Universe repeats and turns in on, and turns in on itself. Or you have Spider-Man or you have Iron Man or Thor, they said, said McTeague. There's always potential to update those movies just because of the possibility of making the money and telling new stories. Uh, I shouldn't say it's just purely fiscal thought, but yeah, look, there were new, there were ver- there was versions out there. So they're talking about like there's other scripts. They should have just done that. They should have just expanded it. Have Keanu do a cameo of some sort and tell a new story. Don't retell it in this weird way that doesn't work. I thought they were going to retell it with bugs. That would have been a cool storyline if they did it with that character. But if we're being honest, and if I'm most of us meaning people who are like not necessarily in line with mainstream uh cinema reviewers would have been like oh look at this they're taking the traditionally male character and they're giving it to a f-. we would have complained so you know th- at the very least they kept keanu right mm-hmm. uh they, they did make it a weird power of love story that didn't need to be done again mm-hmm. but like i can already see like where we would have complained at that so i can at least give them credit that they kept him as like the main focus of the movie right mm-hmm. I, i'm not not gonna mm-hmm. i'm not gonna say like that either possibility would have worked better mm-hmm. but yeah hmm. so i just it wasn't the movie for me it is what it it is what it is but yeah it says uh this movie and then like some of the comments are funny so it's like this movie shows the matrix story is finished no one speaks well of the movie it was a dud with or without lana and the wb can't even defend it with a, with a competent pr effort if wow. they can't even put the money into the pr effort then it's uh i think they knew it was dead on arrival but um, it it did get a subsequent release with uh, HBO Max in theaters, right? That, that likely, if I mean, it, it did horrible at the theaters, but a big Oof. part of that is because of it got the day and date release with HBO Max. Like me, we went and saw Kingsman in theaters. Mm-hmm. Uh, if Kingsman had been released on streaming, we would have absolutely have watched it streaming. We would have. Even though we liked it a hell of a lot more than we liked The Matrix. Mm-hmm. But since I was already not super motivated to want to go see, I mean I was going to go see it either way yeah. but I had a bad feeling from the from the off right mm-hmm. it never mm-hmm. felt like a Matrix movie to me even in the trailers mm-hmm. so the, if I had to choose between going out to see it and seeing it at home I was going to choose to see it at home and I don't think this movie would have benefited from uh, from the, seeing it in the theater either because I don't think the action scenes were competently done in a way that would have made the large scale viewing experience something to change your opinion well that's the thing with McTeague he was saying it's basically a cash grab right yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. so what's the cash grab angle here I mean did did, H, did Warner Brothers a miscalculated so cash they, grab they miscalculated that much uh, like that's huge. The, I mean, the, I I don't know if that's necessarily like. I mean, they're going to get it wrong from time to time. And WB mm. Warner Brothers has that ability to to get it right sometimes and screw it up. Remember, this is the same studio that's doing the Batman movie that we were just fawning over the 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 release for, right? So well, they also did Space Jam too. Again, hits and misses. Wow. Hits, hits and misses are all over the place. And I think uh, in one of OMB reviews uh, segments recently, he said that mm-hmm. out of all the studios, the one that did the worst this year was was Warner Brothers. Mm. Uh, yeah. Worse than Disney and worse than Sony. I, Sony had like the best year ever this year because they only released movies that people actually wanted to see, mm. um, the and didn't release streaming versions of it. Whereas mm-hmm. Marvel had, you know, Marvel's pushing Disney Plus. And Warner Brothers is pushing HBO Max. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of, uh, you have to, uh, I've been trying to find a way to like competently like look at numbers for streaming services, but 
they're not public records, right. so you can't really do it. Right. There's Samba TV. That was the thing I was trying to think of the other day, which can get you like decent information on it. Now it's, that explains your search history. It's a it's a it's a <laughs> digital version of like uh what what was it called like the the box the Nielsen mm-hmm. box. Mm. It's like a digital version of that. Interesting. Um, so I, I don't know if you'll ever get accurate numbers. Maybe just having it on the streaming service is enough to justify it. But it had like a hundred and fifty or two hundred million dollar budget. That's a lot of money, man. Yeah. That's, that's a huge miscalculation. I mean, even even with the Matrix property. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, oh, and uh, in addition to those uh, other movie uh, streaming service hybrids, you got uh, Universal pushing mm-hmm. Peacock. Because you yeah. go on to Peacock is, and is you Peacock see the Universal. Universal. Yeah, Comcast. Okay. NBC. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah, it's all under the Comcast umbrella. Nobody so, like, would pick Universal. Peacock as a name unless it was related <laughs> to NBC. <laughs> right, exactly. Nobody. Yeah. Um, so that's why you can go on to Peacock and watch like the latest uh, Halloween Paramount Plus. Yeah. Paramount, Paramount Plus, Plus is a thing. There's another one. We're just yeah. we're just back at the the cable days, just mm-hmm. with more with more logins. Yeah, but you got a full commitment from a studio like Warner Brothers with HBO. Yeah, and then you got these other studios that are just kind of like trying to uh, dip a toe in both worlds. But like Spider Man, that was Sony, right? Uh, yeah. So the funding wise, seventy five percent Sony, twenty five percent Disney. So because ah, Sony owns the rights right. to the Spider Man, but they lease basically leased out to Marvel to use in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But they were all in on the cinema yeah. experience. Yeah, yeah, no, no day and date release for any of that. Mm. And they learned their lesson with um, they they released uh, Shang Chi and Eternals theater only as well. But uh, Mar- but Black Widow got uh, Disney Plus and. Oh. Studio, which is why the why they think that the movie why Scarlett Johansson sued right, them right, right. because her bonus in that movie was tied to ticket Ooh. sales mm-hmm. and she won, or they settled out of court so uh-huh. she clearly had a, a good argument there because yeah. Disney can just drown you in lawyers if they need to even whatever I don't know what her net worth is but it ain't Disney's net worth yeah so yeah. You, you can't go up against uh, a corporation like that and expect to win mm-hmm. even with uh, the with pockets as deep as hers mm-hmm. so. Plus, the, you want to preserve like the ability that you'll be able to work together later, and they're they're doing that now. They're they're launching like a Black Widow podcast uh, type thing, and I think she's going to do work for them on the back end, like uh, really? behind the scenes stuff. She's gonna, she'll likely produce for for Marvel. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was uh, so to me that that article just kind of confirmed what I already knew that this was the that there was the, they were going to make this with or without her, and she's just like better. I at least try. Uh, you know, I can applaud the effort. Like, I don't think it came out well, but better to at least try and stay involved in something you're pat in something you clearly care about than just be like, eh, let the studio do what they want with it. Mm-hmm. That's an artist's perspective on it. I think absolutely her take on it. So yeah, makes yeah. sense to me. Yep. Mm-hmm. Was there anything you liked about the me? Ma- I'm curious. Was there anything you liked about the matrix? Mm-hmm. Nothing, not even bugs. Bugs was cool, but I just don't care for the matrix. No. You're too young. I, I, yeah, because it came out the same year I was born. You're still in the Matrix. Yeah, I know. That's what it is. Well, we're, only, we're there together. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like I like the idea of simulation theory. I love that. But it's always going to be dumbed down by the time it gets through a Hollywood script <gasps> writing process, you know? Like, mm-hmm. it's it's not like you're going to get some deep... Su- Even the original Matrix is, like, deep and insightful, but not overly complicated. Well, mm. if people don't understand what the simulation theory is, look at Sims or Minecraft. They, It's kind of the explanation what the matrix is Hmm. or like what simulation theory is because you're a god of a world that you created yeah uh, i I read something recently that said simulation theory is uh it's um religion for atheists 
Mm. Yeah. Um, I like that. Yeah. But has, come has on, Posterians. Has there been a, a, a movie or a TV series that you feel like has done that theory justice? Black Mirror. Black oh, Mirror sure. has done it. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Black yeah. Mirror has done it. And I'm kind of sad that they're not making new episodes. I think they kind of ruined it casting Miley Cyrus for that one season. Mm. I didn't like her episode because basically what happened was... Was she in there for more than one episode? No, it was just one episode, oh, but... You they can't act- ruin a whole show with one bad episode. No, but Miley like, Cyrus, you can. She ruins everything. Yeah, she ruins everything because how Netflix advertised that season, it was just Miley Cyrus's face. And I was like, I'm done. She's got name recognition, unfortunately. They're looking at it from a business perspective, not an artistic perspective. But her episode mm. was the one that I really hated because basically what happened was they made a robot that was supposed to be like her character who's a singer which is on the nose mm-hmm. because she's a real singer in real life it's so stupid i guess but yeah so this girl she has troubles like having friends and then she her mom buys her this robot because she's like i know you love the singer so here's a robot and then her robot has like a weird glitch where it kind of has its own mind and it's like no my body should be over there i need to go back to that body and Hmm. you find out that secretly the company who made these robots like took a little bit of miley cyrus's character's mind and downloaded it into the robot's brains but Hmm. made it dumber so kids can play with it Hmm. it was a stupid episode i hated that episode so much black like black mirror was a TV show that I could get into because it's it's, it's probably the best thing mm-hmm. that's come out of Britain in the past 120 years. You got a lot of hatred for the Brits, my friend. I don't you know do. if I was a revolutionary you soldier in my past life, or do you have like I stock just, in like tea destruction company, like anti tea companies? If I could buy stock in such companies, I would certainly do that with whatever <laughs> pennies that I have. Wait, so do yeah. you not like love deaf robots because it's kind of What's British? That? It's a Netflix TV show also. It has mixed media like episodes where so there's one episode that's animations, one episode that's stop motion, one episode that's live action and Death bas- and Robots. My bad. Right. What did I say? Is it Death and Robots, right? Or was it just No, it's Love Death and Robots. Love, yeah, me and Nick watched it. Hmm. Yeah, I really love Do, that is, series. Is, does anyone in that series have those dreadful accents? <laughs> yeah. I'm out. Oh. Did you ever see the show Luther? No. It's Lu- British. Why would I watch that? <laughs> oh, oh God! Luther is fantastic. No, it's well, not. I did, I did watch the pilot actually. I remember Idris that. Elba yeah, is yeah. fantastic. Come Idris on. Elba is fantastic. What about Lucifer? Not when he's talking that way. What about Lucifer, the TV show? He's well. He's that. well. Oh. She's no. not British. Yeah. No, too much. <laughs> too much Brit for me. Sorry. Plus, that oh. show takes place in America, so. If, the, if I do have a bigger trigger than British things, it's Miley Cyrus. Miley Cyrus, like, ruined that whole show. I think that's the reason why Black Mirror stopped making episodes is because of Miley Cyrus. They should make a, a Black Mirror episode about the curse of Miley Cyrus ruining TV shows. <laughs> yeah. That, that'd be like perfect. That. Or they don't have to make it Miley Cyrus. They make it Siley Myris. There you go. Uh, and that'd be perfect. Yeah? No? Or Miles Curtis. <laughs> yeah, make it a guy. Make it a guy. <laughs> a guy as long as she's not in it, then yeah. we're in the right yeah. direction. Yeah. Have Elliot Page. Uh, there you go. Perfect. Hey, she's being floated around for the new uh, James Bond character. Did it's you see he. that? Oh, he. Sorry. Forgive <laughs> me. I'm so sorry. Yeah. It's okay, but Elliot Page. I grew also- up with Juno. That was a big movie for me. Mm-hmm. So I'm still I'm still trying to, you know. Elliot Page also this. ruined the Umbrella Academy. I can't get over it. It was a good show while it lasted. Mm-hmm. But then they ruined season two by trying to make it political to her stance because mm. um, Elliot Page was in transition. Like they were like, oh, maybe 
Elliot Page might be lesbian. Let's make a lesbian character for oh, this wow. main character. Can't do the political stuff. We mm-hmm. were gonna we were gonna talk about um, Don't Look Up, mm-hmm. and yeah. I realized that I just wouldn't be able to do it without making it way more about like I wouldn't have been able to critique it on the because I'm just not a satire guy like mm-hmm. right. political especially political satire is my thing um, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't have been able to critique it without like if you if you know the type of people these actors are and like it's one of the hardest things about it we always talk about separating art from artists but if I'm going to watch a movie about what they're talking about in that movie and knowing the type of uh, alarmists that like an, a Leonardo DiCaprio is, it's going to color my opinion of the movie. Not to mention movies like that always feel like they're just like, look at me, I'm such an artist, like the actors uh, in those roles. So I, I will say this, I did, I couldn't find anything else to watch last night, so I hate watched to the end of that movie. Um, I think that they're I, like Adam McKay, who is a true SNL fathead mm-hmm. who wrote and directed this movie. Mm-hmm. This movie backfires completely. It, it even politically, I yeah. think you can watch it from either political lens mm-hmm. and come away thinking that it's a great movie. However, this movie is so appalling and so terrible, top to bottom, mm-hmm. aesthetically. Period. Yeah, I, I wasn't a fan and, of that. And the, the ending is truly offensive to mm-hmm. anybody across the political spectrum. Yeah. Terrible yeah. movie. I, I I do appreciate them like trying to make Leonardo DiCaprio not look handsome. Yeah, they, they t- they're like they put work in. Like we had to try. Like, <laughs> but we, you you only got thirty minutes in. Uh, I made it about forty five minutes. Okay, but did you get to the part where they give him a makeover? No. Uh. <laughs> so at a certain point, okay, after, I must have. I after must you have, stopped yeah, watching, yeah. they give him a makeover and he looks a little bit more handsome. <laughs> they had to like. They're like we could just remove all the make all the bad makeup. To, it's a make. Yeah. It's actually like a, a make. It's a make. It's like a makeover reverse. But there, I do. I will say though that there are some it's unfortunate close-ups that I can't believe he allowed them to get away with. That really, like you know, push into the crow's feet. And Good for everything. Him. So Good yeah. for real. he's an yeah. artist. Well, he is. he's an artist. He's great. Chris Poole and I like we tried to watch it last night because you were like, you don't have to watch it, but Chris Poole put it on. We couldn't make it. Yeah, we but, only watched like ten minutes. I thing, get though. why people would like it. It's I just not it my too. thing. It's but it's cheap. Oh, you mean you don't like your political satires to be completely defanged? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but but I will say this: I found so I, I I did think that it was a fascinating disaster. Mm-hmm. A lot of movies are disasters and they're just like unwatchable. But I I did think that it was a fascinating disaster mm-hmm. to watch unfold, mm-hmm. seeing that it was all, basically two and a half hours long and it was this Netflix Christmas release. Mm-hmm. I was really fascinated by what I saw. Maybe the most offensive thing was Jennifer Lawrence's wig. I think uh, all assuming that that's a wig, uh, I think it was like your hair is not naturally like that, like the bangs up here. No, just, they are. Some people do cut their bangs like that, but and she I doesn't look. It. But her hair doesn't look like that, so no, it was very weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I say we move on. Yes, I say yeah. we, uh, uh, Yes, I, I do want to talk about the very concerning um, news regarding Cobra Kai season, or let's say one review that I like, or <laughs> or that uh, kind of makes me feel a little bit better about what's coming up, and one that doesn't. Basically, the idea here is that uh, this is season four of Cobra Kai, and this is the first season that has been completely produced by Netflix, which you should always be weary of. Anything Netflix makes, should be, you should at least have a tinge of uh, a fear as to how it's going to come out. You could give a thousand examples of things that Netflix has made that don't come out. Or the better example would be like, can you name a good Netflix movie? And you'll go... And you'll just kind of think about it. But the adaptations in general, you know, for every Witcher, there's a, a Cowboy Bebop. <coughs> um, oh. So it says, 
The battle for the soul of the valley continues, but this time stakes are higher than ever. While Cobra Kai has been on Netflix for some time, season four, mar- season, four, season four marks the first one produced by the streamer since its purchase from YouTube TV. Mm-hmm. Though the creative team remains the same, there are a couple of growing pains that are pretty evident in this new era, but all the same, it's still one hell of a ride. Now that Sam and Miguel have managed to convince their respective senseis to work together, Eagle Fang Karate and Miyagi-Do have one final hurdle to conquer on the way to the All-Valley Tournament, getting Johnny Lawrence and Daniel LaRusso to grow up despite agreeing that they'll have to work together and take down Cobra Kai. Mm-hmm. Now now being run by the wicked John Kreese. Yes. Johnny and uh, Johnny and Daniel spend a whole lot of time trying to get past the whole mortal enemies thing. This will take up a good chunk of, chunk of the season uh, to varying degrees of, of success and varying degrees of viewer frustration. So, uh, I, I was more worried about like things talking about like uh, complete shifts in tone. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't want this thing to lose its shades of gray tone, which doesn't seem to be the problem here. Yeah. Um, but the, there's a quote here. It says, what's most compelling is that nothing really goes what the way you'd expect it to. That worries me because if there's one term that I never want to hear uh, that I could uh, do without ever hearing again in these settings, it's subverting expectations, mm. which is really just, um, hubris mm-hmm. uh, on the sense of studios it's the quote it's like uh we give them what they want we give them the something that they didn't know they wanted mm-hmm. which is the the highest level of hubris i can think of like you the audience didn't know you wanted this until you got it yeah that might be true once in a while but 99 times out of 100 when you try that it doesn't work yeah. it's, it's just a version of i'm one of the on- most honest people you'll ever meet yeah it's don't tell me that show me it yeah like don't tell me you're going to subvert my expectations yep. just show me you know the uh, and uh, well and plus it, it to me it always comes across in bad faith it's people that don't have any connection in the context of this type of story which is something that they're adapting from past material right now if yeah. you're subverting expectations in something new maybe it's the the ending is different than what the beginning of the movie might have hinted at but when this usually when they're talking about subverting expectations they're talking about taking beloved characters or ideas and turning them on their head just for the sake of doing it not because it actually makes any sense within the world of the storytelling mm-hmm. in this story for the most part the you know Johnny and and Daniel both seem pretty consistent throughout the whole thing to their characters when they were younger. It's not like they got back in Daniel as a completely different person. The the world as he experienced it from when he was a kid seems to have happened to him because of who he was in those in those movies, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he mm-hmm. never got out of the 80s. He never uh, relived his heyday and the world happened to him accordingly. Daniel, who was always kind of cocky and very, uh, you know, the he kind of got everything he wanted and they're neither good nor bad so i'm i was more worried that they were going to make it like now so and so is just a good guy and so and so is just a bad guy because you didn't know you wanted this until we gave it to you Mm -hmm. that worries me and that doesn't seem to be what they're talking about here but that quote still makes me worry that they're going that way that that certain story elements will be changed just for the sake of doing it they're like we've got control of this property now let's put our stamp on it well, that's kind of the anti-flavor that is synonymous with Netflix's brand. Yep. I mean, like we've—if you have taste, then you're kind of worried that Netflix is going to Netflix it. But then know? they also failed when they tried to do Cowboy Bebop, like an almost shot-for-shot adaptation of the. It's like mm-hmm. it's like you can't win. Yeah. That's the hardest part about constantly trying to adapt new thing or adapt stuff that's old is that you can't really win. Mm-hmm. For every one good adaptation, there's a thousand that fail. The movie we seem to be most looking forward to this year is 
the Northmen, and yeah. that's not an adaptation of anything. It's just uh, Norse mythology, or not not even Norse mythology. It's uh, just history. a revenge story. Yeah, it's a Viking. Which I'm really excited for it. Very tribalist, hmm. right here. Is that but, the new Eggers movie? Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. Yep. Uh, so it says. Uh, Parts of the weirdness of season four comes from a kind of hokiness that wasn't expected. I would argue that there was a certain level of like hokiness in the whole thing. Like you have to kind of, you have to divert your, like you have to literally like uh, take your expectations for what a movie or TV show is supposed to be out of it. Mm -hmm. And you have to, uh, not subvert your, you have to like suspend disbelief pretty far to think that a grown man in his fifties who owns a car dealership is suddenly going to be embroiled in ninja battles with rival karate dojos in the Valley of California. Like you have to, that's hokey, but it works within the context of the movie or of the show. I've lived in the Valley. I don't think it's hokey at all. (laughs) It's pretty realistic. (laughs) I mean, I, I mean, if you told me that that happened in the Valley, I'd be like, Oh, what, which papers (laughs) reported that story? Especially, especially given uh, Daniel's background, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, it's not like he just decided the last minute on a whim. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like it, it, it adds up in some, I, I don't, I would argue a plausible way, even mm-hmm. in reality. Yeah. A, it's a testament to the storytelling ability that they've done to, to world build in a way that makes mm-hmm. it feel like you forget that you're watching a, like a grown men teaching teenagers how to do karate in a way that's like supposed to be told as if it's some blood feud. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like you have to suspend a certain amount of disbelief there, but that means they've done their job. Sure. Mm-hmm. If, exactly. they're, if they're able to do that. So... Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm just not excited for this TV show. But I'm going to make her watch it too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna, not excited. I'm going to turn your opinion around. Well, if you want to ruin a good TV show, how come nobody's complaining that Daniel is culturally appropriating this Japanese culture? Those articles have been written. We're oh. not going to talk about that here because those. <laughs> I don't want to give such stupidity the time of day. I know. It's I just want to ruin your day. It's a movie. It's uh, Am I mansplaining to you about... Yeah, okay. Um, still, the, the hokiness is met with a kind of more emotionally challenging season. Tori, played by Peyton List, story is most certainly the MVP, mm-hmm. so that could be good. You like her more I than- like her because, funny story about her, my friend King, whose birthday is on Christmas Day, his password, he changed it, don't worry, but his password, <laughs> his password was her birthday. Okay. And well. his wall screen and lock screen was her. <laughs> he didn't change his password yet. He better change it. You better now. change it now. No, he changed it. I asked him. Okay. I asked him. I was like, "Did you change it?" Because I think I remember your password. And he's like, "Don't worry, I changed it." But he, legit, this is what he said to me in high school. He's like, "She's my wife. I'm gonna mm, marry her one weird. day." <laughs> but he's over her. Okay. Well, that, that's why he changed his password. <laughs> yeah. It says, uh, and then the character of Hawk, played by Jacob Bertrand, coming in a close second as far as uh, stories that seem to be MVP for the year. He has what, a punchable face. He does. Uh, it's the Mohawk. Um, <laughs> second to, to each of them, uh, find their dynamics challenged in completely different ways, continuing Cobra Kai's strong success with its, uns- with its large ensemble cast, mm-hmm. which is hard to do. One of the things I've noticed in Hollywood is they're getting away from individual stories and they want to push for ensemble casts. Uh, I have my own theories as to why that is, uh, mm-hmm. because I think they can check box after box after box of what they need to do to get uh, bonus points from certain crowds that will uh, approve of such things. Um, and it's, uh, you know, then there's less, uh, first of all, it's probably got a lot to do with money. Like when one person's the star of it, he can ask for more money as the show grows. And 
ensembles can do that, but not to the to the realm of like what one good mm. strong lead can do. Yeah. Um, so it says perhaps the most complex ride is that of Terry Silver, uh, though uh, Thomas Ian Griffiths return to the franchise just hits different. Wow, that is a very Gen Z way to phrase that. Kreese's evil is an easier kind. The Cobra Kai leader is manipulative to be sure, and he knows how to play the game better than anyone else out there, except for maybe one, Terrence Silver. No one, <laughs> no one was more successful at breaking Daniel LaRusso than Silver in his mind games. The thing is that Terry we meet is well-adjusted and has a happy life and has a happy life that he's living as a retired entrepreneur with a hot vegan girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> so they have to find a way to plausibly make this retirement Hired entrepreneur who's rich be like I gotta come out of retirement and start a, a karate dojo to take down my my old uh, nemesis and uh, and his old nemesis who are now working together that's ridiculous like even they said like when they gave him the script for this he read it he's like this is the most ridiculous thing I've ever read let's do it wow <laughs> like that's awesome why am I watching this again <laughs> because it's awesome oh. um, and uh, it says uh, so as far as team ups go the most exciting pairing by far comes from a completely unexpected source Amanda LaRusso is mad as hell that this karate nonsense resulted in a bunch of hooligans breaking into her home and threatening her kids' lives. But we see a surprising amount of empathy for her once she learns the story of one of the offending Cobra Kai. The growth we see from her and her and this character is perhaps what leaves the most excited for season five. Yeah, she hmm. she felt very like uh, in the first cut, but for like very understandable reasons like if you're like a middle-aged woman and you've got a husband who owns a success and you own a successful car dealership together and you see this stuff happening you would absolutely be like what the hell are you doing of course uh, so, so it's like maybe as, as realistic as that is it, it feels like a wet blanket when you're trying to suspend your disbelief mm -hmm. so hopefully if, if she gets a more complex role maybe that adds to the show hmm um, but then the other review, this is just, uh, this is from AV Club, and it just basically says, Cobra Kai's new season is another winning combo of silly and earnest, mm -hmm. which is exactly what it is. It's, mm. it's completely ridiculous in concept, but they take it, they never wink at the camera. They're always uh. like, we have to have a karate battle, and we have to live by these principles, and they're not looking at the camera and saying, wink, wink, this is silly. Mm -hmm. they, they own it, and so they own the silliness, which keeps you engrossed in what you're watching. Mm -hmm. Right, so the joy of Cobra Kai has always been its mix of tones. Nah, not many shows can pull off an earnest worldview combined with crass humor, an extremely a silly premise, and an insightful social commentary. So there's also the fact that all these characters are shades of gray. Like I like Zabka as uh, as um, Johnny more than I like Daniel. Mm -hmm. Like even though he's like in the original, he would have been the bad guy. Uh, yeah. I maybe don't identify with him more. But, you know, Daniel, to me, has a very punchable face. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. you think that Hawk does. I'm like, God, this guy. Like, when you see the dude who owns a car dealership and feels like he's always so, like, sanctimonious. Mm -hmm. Like, so uh, the, the willingness to paint all characters in shades of gray is something that they had to commit to early on and keep going. So the fact that they haven't lost that is important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So. I don't know. We'll see. I'm yep. When does it excited. debut? Uh, on the 31st of December. Oh, wow. So okay. it's just a couple days away. But basically, I wanted to uh, point out the fact that there was definitely like things in that IGN review where I'm like, uh, mm -hmm. net, they first of all, they were quick to point out that YouTube got involved. That makes me worry. We'll mm -hmm. see. But IGN gave them 7 out of 10 for their rankings. Yep. But I would say like you have to read between what the ranking is and look at what they say. Because mm -hmm. like you, you'll watch a review. Like if you look at the reviews for like Shang-Chi, 
which got low rankings, but th- what they say is like glowing praise because mm. they're too afraid to piss off Disney. Mm. So it's like, they're like, we'll give it a six out of 10, but then it's almost all like negative or like, uh, it's like, eh, this part was good. Yeah. So you have to pay just as much attention to like what they say, mm-hmm. uh, as you do to like what the actual number, uh, when they rank things, I'm not a fan of like giving things numbered rankings or oh, anything yeah. like that. I'd rather mm-hmm. just talk about what you felt about it. And then you make your assumption or you make your, uh, decision based on how you felt the conversation was between the people discussing it mm-hmm. yeah so that's the way to go yep so uh, I am the only one that is excited to see this show that is fine I'm okay because <laughs> with- you like cheese I, with like extra stink I I don't no, I, I don't <laughs> you see I only watched the first season I don't know if it like becomes more silly from there but I didn't I didn't think that the first season was silly I didn't think it was it's silly if you take like a hundred yard view and look at what they're doing. It's absolutely silly. But you're en- if you're engrossed in the show, it's not, mm. right? Mm-hmm. It just feels like uh, a grown men. Th- okay, maybe that's the best part. The grown men aspect of it feels silly. The kids aspect of it feels r- more realistic to me. Kids mm. feuding, kids <clears throat> acting like kids. Uh, but the, the fact that grown men are doing it maybe is more grown silly Grown men to me. are still kids. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, that's why I just like, I didn't see any silliness. Like I was just like, no, this is so plausible. I mean, especially given the, the roots that all this has in mm-hmm. the actual movies. Yeah. Like I was just like, I buy every second of this. Yeah. And then I lost it in the first episode. It was a conversation between uh, one of the old guys that they brought back and they're yeah. sitting at mm-hmm. a diner <clears throat> in the, the first episode one, season two. Yeah. That's when it became ridiculous for me. That was my jump the shark moment for the well, show. What was it? What was it? One of the, the the old guy that like came back, it was, this, you know, I can't oh, remember. Oh, Crease. Uh, Crease. Yeah. He came back in, in episode one, season two. When he's sitting the diner. at the diner. Yeah. I was just like, this became awful. Yeah. Th- this is when that show became awful and I never mm-hmm. went back even though it may have redeemed itself in the following yeah. two seasons. It never bothered, like, Crease <laughs> never bothered me. Like, they, mm. in fact, they, they give a lot more, like, background to Crease and mm. shades of gray that make you understand, even though he is technically the, what I would consider the bad guy, mm-hmm. like, there's explanation given for it, like, with what he endured after, uh, like, like they talk about him being like, I went back and trained special forces mm-hmm. and that didn't happen. Like, you, like, he's like, Oh yeah. no, kidding! Like, he, I see, yeah, this is one of those things I should have stuck with. An old yeah. guy trying to hold on to his glory days, like um, Madonna, like <laughs> yeah. That okay? That was beautiful. That was beautiful. I'm sorry, miracle. you just high said five. old. Yeah, high that five. was a beautiful transition. We are going to talk about Madonna. We need a Madonna segment. We like do, we, you said a logo. Like mm-hmm. a, a Madonna logo would yeah. be freaking fantastic. Uh, I wanted to finish on this story because this is the funniest thing I've read in like, I'm always looking for stories like this. Like anytime, like I can find the movie stories and things I want to talk about in film all the time, but there's like a sweet spot for like regular celebrity pop culture stuff. That's like what I'd like to talk about. This is exactly what I'm trying to talk about. Mm-hmm. It says Madonna to Tory Lanes. Stop illegally using my song. <laughs> Madonna is beefing with Tory Lanez. She says she says he's using one of her famous songs without her permission, and that's illegal. Uh, I like the, I, I want to picture like Madonna as like a lawyer. <laughs> well, she can because Kim Kardashian is. The uh, not yet. She's on her way to becoming a lawyer. <laughs> so it says Madonna called out the rapper on Instagram, leaving a comment on one of his recent posts and claiming, quote, illegal usage of her song into the groove. Uh, it sounds like Madonna even slid into his direct messages to tell him <laughs> off. Uh, and she's demanding uh, he read his messages. So he's like, le- he's not even leaving her on red. He's just <laughs> leaving it unread. He's like, he saw her name. He's like, no, I'm not reading that. 
so it says the song in question here uh, is Tori's recent track Pluto's Last Comet and he's been promoting it on social media but Madonna is clearly not a fan mm-hmm. she believes the song especially the beginning instrumental is a rip off uh, of her earlier work and I think it absolutely is it is now <clears throat> do you think like the st- I mean likely whoever produced it they got permission or they changed it just enough it's like what it has to be like 25% of us uh, of something has to be changed for it to be able to be included without uh, paying royalties or something Th- like that that's the vanilla ice defense you yeah, heard that right that's what I was about to bring up <laughs> yeah I was about to Go bring ahead. it up because like um, basically in the beginning it's just like Vanilla Ice where he's like Ice Ice Baby and it's the same tune as that one song. The, the, the Queen song. Yeah, yeah and okay. there was that disastrous, I think it was a VH1 behind the music on <laughs> Vanilla Ice where he goes yeah. no, no, they go dun 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 dun, dun and mine is dun 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 <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen that movie where he was an actor for it? Uh, no. It was after um, Ice Ice Baby and he played in a movie. Terrible movie, but still watch it if you want to see like terrible acting. Well, I, <laughs> is, is What's his bad? real name? Um, I forgot. I always forget John Q. Name. Citizen. Thank you. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> I'm I, literally looking up Vanilla Ice. I, <laughs> I don't know his real name. Well, he's in, in here as Vanilla Ice. Oh, okay. Uh, Robert Matthew mm-hmm. Van Winkle. There we go. Van, Van Winkle. Winkle. Uh, he looks like a Van Winkle. Dude, he's got stuff going back forever. Because you, oh, you're not referring to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles when he plays himself, right? No, no, no. Okay. I'm right. talking about this movie where he plays as a bad boy and... There's no storyline with it. It's just a girl. She's like, I want to date him. And then they ride a motorcycle. You're, you're taking me gradually back to the memory hole. I do kind yeah. of remember this vaguely now. But I, let me just say real mm-hmm. quick, Ice Ice Baby has a, is a song <laughs> that is aged beautifully. It has. That song has gotten better every single day since it was debuted. You remember when Icebreakers um, used it in their commercial? Mm-mm. Oh my God, it's the best commercial so ever. <laughs> like, basically, Icebreakers, they had one of their mints and they're like, Ice, Ice, baby. Oh, that's and perfect. And they're like, nibble on a little bit, Icebreaker. Break that ice. Um, I think this song, uh, it sounds like exactly like it. It also yeah. sounds like the other song, uh, What's the, I don't know who, who sang it, but it's like, uh, feels like somebody's watching me. Oh, Michael! Mm. Ja- um, no, it's not Michael Jackson. No, it's uh, I don't know. It's like you know what I'm talking about, though, right? Yeah, the original it was, was in Michael your Jackson, <laughs> wasn't it? No, no. It Maybe. was by somebody else. Uh, it was by Rockwell. Yeah, Rockwell. Oh, um, feels hmm. like hmm. somebody's watching me. Hmm. No, you have to do that I'm not, high note. I'm not doing that. <laughs> oh, I, the fact that I did that was more than you'll ever get from me singing wise. But uh, all of these songs like kind of sound alike. But I just love the idea that maybe Madonna like she doesn't actually care, right? She she's doesn't. like she's just like promotion, free promotion for me. And she's so mad about Fifty Cent calling her the Wicked Witch of the West. Yeah, she's like, I got to find a new rapper to beef with. Like Madonna, wow. rap beef of the week should be a segment <laughs> where she just starts. Like she'll get into a fight with, um, like next week she'll get into a fight with like uh, Cardi B. Cardi B. She's like. I used to be the it girl. You're not the it girl. You're disgracing the it she's, girl name. She's beefing with the wrong rappers, man. <laughs> exactly. So she 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 had a beef with Fifty Cent. I'm yep. just saying. Yeah. Okay. He, this guy's taking bullets. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Now she's beefing with Tory Lanez, who shoots bullets. Yep. I mean, <laughs> that's, Tory Lanez that's is just going to shoot her. Can you tell me? Like, that's literally what they're talking about here. That's the that's the Megan the Stallion. Thing, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. He shot Megan the, the Stallion. The, Why is she beefing with the him? Stallion? Megan the, the Stallion. I never say the the. I always say the. I don't have it in me to say the every time. At least I like if I'm saying her name just by itself, I'll say it. But if I'm in yeah. a if it's a, in a sentence, no, I'm not. I'm not adding the extra e. Can I tell you, you guys the truth? 
I secret when I first heard her name, I thought it was a V. Megan so, V Stallion. <laughs> Megan V Stallion. Yeah, I thought oh, it was a V. Yeah. So and then when I saw the spelling, I was like, okay, nobody will notice the difference if I pronounce it. <laughs> the, even in the article, it says, as you know, Tori's been getting himself into tons of trouble recently, mainly with his Megan the Stallion shooting case. Mm-hmm. As we reported, a cop took the stand earlier this month <gasps> and claimed that TL shouted, dance, dance dance um b word dance while firing gunshots at the ground near megan's feet subsequently injuring her like why would you get into a fight with this guy call call his manager call his rep call the studio don't message him and and Mm -hmm. you won't get your uh you won't get into trouble Mm -hmm. so i love the idea of him getting a message from madonna and his dms (laughs) he's just like no this (laughs) (laughs) who is this mad what mad what i I don't i can't read this man some karen's Uh, bothering me (laughs) i don't know i mean that name sounds familiar but i don't know who that is yeah also change the subject the reason why you think somebody watching me the song has michael jackson um like was sang by michael jackson because it was featured michael jackson and his brother in that song yes by so the jackson version came first um or the other way around the other way around i see Mm -hmm. okay okay Okay. so they say so i feel like we're clear like whoever's watching is like that's freaking wrong like we're like (laughs) you never (laughs) want to mess with music fans right somebody do somebody knows the entire timeline who sang what version what day and when it was produced and it was like three years apart from this one this one was clearly exactly how madonna's feeling she's like i wrote this song (laughs) and if i'm gonna be honest I like the Tory Lanez one more. Oh. No, I like the Madonna one more. Nope. I love Madonna's music. I just don't care for both of them. Um, I, I don't oh, care. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. You don't care for either of them? Nope. I'm going to give you a mix <laughs> CD. No, man. <laughs> Madonna. <laughs> Holy boomer. He was going to make you a vinyl, but it's too expensive. No, he was like, he's got an eight track. He's got a Madonna eight track if you no, need it. Were you going to say I was going to give you a mixtape? I was. Yeah. But, but I changed it to mix CD because I realized that when, when my wife and I did a road trip in 2018, I made a mix CD of Madonna music just to relive her Honey, best. where's that Madonna mixtape, uh, mix oh, CD God. I made you? It's in the car It's right in the now. car. It's in the it CD is. rack. It is. I wanted, to, I wanted to listen to it on the way home tonight, and I couldn't find it because I, I probably need a new prescription for my glasses. Um, and, he'll, and he's going to have his hip replacement in like two weeks, and he's going to have the surgeon listen to Madonna while they're doing this. No classical for this. Surgeon. Just turn it on while I'm under so that I can be at peace. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the man. the Tory Lane song was extremely catchy, I mm. think. I mean, it's because meant of that to awesome be. beat that Madonna made. <laughs> well, you know what? You're, it, all he needs to say is, you know what? I am standing on the backs of giants. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's the best and thing. And then she'll say. be like, are you calling me fat? <laughs> it doesn't end. It doesn't end it with just, Madonna. She's, she's just, she goes on forever, man. She's yeah. going to live. She might be an actual vampire. Yeah. She's going she to is. live forever. What are you talking about? She is going to live forever. And she's like, in 20 years, she's going to beef with like 50 cents kids. It's going to be like 75 cent. And she's going to be beefing with him. Yeah. And, and then, in the, and she'll look the same, you know, kind of oldish. And uh, it's going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, feel free to contradict me, but I believe that we were we we're, we're both old enough to remember when Madonna was cool. Like she was on the cutting edge of cool I mean, for a long time. I remember when Cher was cool. No, no you, you don't. don't. <laughs> you don't remember when Cher was cool. You've heard stories about when you, Cher was cool. You've heard wee tales <laughs> from the olden t- from olden do- times. Yeah. Uh, you've heard them recollect such events as if it were fact, but you don't know that for real. Come on, no. she, but she was banging when she was younger. 
okay, Ma- I'm <laughs> skipping over that. Ma- Madonna, sure. Madonna had like three Renaissance, right? Because her yeah. main uh, run was the '80s. Oh, yes. that was before my time. I was born in '86, so sure. her mm-hmm. her heyday was while I was still a baby. Then she had the '90s with like the Avita soundtrack or something like oh, that. Oh, that was I think that was pretty much the end of her second reinvention. Yeah, of her second reinvention, mm-hmm. right? The, the, the stuff that she, the music that she made in the '90s is almost as good, of, if not better, than her '80s music. Mm-hmm. I have no opinion on that. I'll make you a mixtape too. I don't. I, it's not that I haven't heard it. It's just I don't care enough about it's Madonna. Just a PDF SoundCloud. I, just, I don't care enough about Madonna to to think. I love Madonna more for her beefs than I do for sure. her music now. But uh, but she actually used to be a good artist that made her, great music. Uh, uh, some something. Uh, Baby's got a secret. You know that song? You see, she made great you music. You kids these days know nothing about you music, don't, he's going to say. I'm telling you, I, I hate to be the old man on the porch, even though I am already. <laughs> You're but, literally the old man on the porch. She well, made great music. Well, you have another baby on the way. So. I know. I'm and that kid's just, not going to know nothing I'm, about no music either. That kid's going to listen to my Madonna 8 track. <laughs> he's, and my mix CD. And my vinyl, <laughs> and then my Zune, full of full of oh Madonna. Oh my god, I forgot Zune exists. Yeah, he's gonna put a Zune together with a bunch of Madonna on it. What in God's name is that? It's the competitive iPod. It was it was an iPod at the same time iPod mm-hmm. came out. Okay, just, all know. right, I missed that one too. Um, <laughs> it would be like, <clears throat> oh the, god, iPod died. Yep, it was the song Frozen by Madonna. That and now people hear Frozen. That was her third reinvention. That was she, she did have a brief revival in Wait, uh, the early 2000s where she also made some really great music. Mm-hmm. She was in, uh, she randomly was in like two minutes of a James Bond movie. <laughs> she was in Die Another Day. Oh, that was, that, uh, in that the was fencing the scene, yeah. Didn't the Frozen song tie in? No, that was a diff- it was a different song. Uh, oh, okay. she, had the, she did the theme song for that one, mm. Die Another Day. It was called Die Another Day. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. Yes, it was in her electronic phase, her, her more electronic phase. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. Uh, shouldn't this be like flattery for her? Because somebody, not like, f- somebody like Tori Lanez is using like her music as samples. Wouldn't it be flattery? Because like there's a singer, I wanted to bring this up. His name is Foster and he uses Elvis' song, uh, Only Fools Can't Help Falling in Love. Mm, mm. That song where it's like um, wise men used to say, um, fool's Russian mm-hmm. and he uses that exact lyrics in the whole song hmm. so I feel like it's just a form of flattery because like nobody has good ideas like how Hollywood doesn't have good ideas so they're just reamping it he doesn't take the lines from the song though he just takes the the beat, the beat. but I'm just saying like it, it should be like a form of flattery for no, her she, well it could be and it it's should money be, but for her exactly she yeah. thinks she's got a Robin Thicke situation on her hands she's, uh, and she could what if, happened if she takes it to, to court him? He got sued into the Stone Age. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> is what I is what I think happened. He's literally probably like yeah. breaking rock to pay for his his legal bills. Exactly. Aww. Plus, likely, I mean, depending on like who produced it, he didn't likely produce it. Like mm-hmm. somebody else produced it, and they just took that <sighs> as a. But they've been like the all of the rap that I like involves sampling from of course. From, yeah, exactly. from Motown era music. The so. last Drake album was mm-hmm. all sampling. Yep. Yeah, like all sampling. Yep. Basically, so. still think that album was better than Donda. I know, but that's okay. That's, I mean, you're wrong, but at least you're wrong with conviction. Oh, so that's where's fun. Nick? He's the other young one. No, that's He's fine. Never going to be on this show. No, no. Like, has he? No, yeah, no, not yet. Okay, because no. of his opinion about that yeah. album. He's like, you're not allowed here. We don't want your kind here, Nick. Yeah. You're, you're certified lover boy kind. You go 
go away i still can't believe that's the name of the album when dane said that i was like no it's not he's like yes it is miracle dane. how can you defend an album that you don't know the name of it that's right and dane had the best take on it he said mm-hmm. it was a tiktok album mm-hmm. it was designed for tiktok mm-hmm. and he's totally right it's mm-hmm. all over tiktok it is well still is. he's still trying to make money like have you seen Kawhi drake like come on let him <laughs> let him have his heyday yeah. He gave like there was this thing where like he he forgave YK Osiris's debt for sing- like, he had him sing this song like live in his ho- in his house he's like if you sing it I'll I'll forgive the money you owe me wow. it's like sixty grand or something like that oh yeah. yep. I missed that's that that's cool. crazy mm-hmm. I want somebody uh, or who was it Cardi B that just gave two million dollars to Offset yep. right yeah that's, who is Offset uh, I don't know who former this is. Boyfriend, baby daddy, husband. I don't know if they, they got married. I'm pretty sure that uh, I just probably fact checked, but I'm pretty sure that's her baby daddy. Well, I, I mean, just missed Cardi B beef with Nicki Minaj. I was like, yeah, Nicki. Brutal. I was like, yeah, Nicki, punch her, punch her. <laughs> <laughs> I just sweat blood. See, we're not any better than the weirdo celebrities, people who who make Instagrams for celebrity couples. No, we're no, just, no. we're just, we yeah. just like the more violent and in in <laughs> dramatic side. I feel so dirty right now. <laughs> Wrong. No, but have you seen Cardi B after like Nicki Minaj like punched her in the forehead? Like she had a big bruise and it was like swelling. Mm-hmm. I thought it was she so. She got fun- her good. Yeah, oh, I yeah. thought it was so funny because they both got invited to Rihanna's party, and Rihanna's like, "I'm going to defend my girl Nicki Minaj because I know her longer." But Cardi, I'm sorry, what what are you doing? Mm. Uh, and they should, they should just imagine if celebrity death match is still around they could have done that gosh instead. that would be amazing yeah. but it's all women yeah. and they're fighting in their slettos just hitting each other with <laughs> those More weapons amazing. god what a great show it from was. a different era totally uh, she just she's like what the hell is celebrity death match yeah. nope i do oh, not know man. what that is yep. it's great well, i'll the, make you a mixtape <laughs> the name is fairly self-explanatory <laughs> I, what i'll do is i'm gonna pull out my vcr mm-hmm. i'm gonna put in one of those blank vc <laughs> no, vhs's no. and i'm gonna wait and every night when celebrity death match comes on i'm gonna record and then stop record <laughs> until you have a full tape of celebrity you, death you match. don't you don't even have a blank tape you put the piece of scotch tape over an existing tape <laughs> And then tape over it. Yeah. Wait, what? That, See? That's some serious analog Deep cut stuff. right there. Yeah. Wait, I, I knew about like recording, but I didn't know about the tape. Uh... <laughs> What is well, this you see, back in our day, oh, man. Um, say like you had uh, a, 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 an actual tape, like a, mm-hmm. a cassette tape or a VCR tape that mm-hmm. you wanted to record something on, mm-hmm. but it was a movie that was already recorded. Uh-huh. Uh, you try to hit the record button over it, and what it does is it says can't record. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the thing is it has this little crevice in the corner, mm-hmm. and you put a piece of scotch tape over it, mm-hmm. and it allows you to then tape over the media that's on there. I have no idea how that worked. Do you have any idea how the hell that worked? No idea. I, I never tried it myself. It's but I, sorcery. Uh, my friends did. It's something Andreas would absolutely know. Yeah. If I asked him, mm-hmm. he would absolutely know the answer to that. That's, Dude, that's uh, sorcery. It, it was. It was literally. It was. Uh, it was literally analog sorcery. Can yeah. you explain burn CDs then? I I'm not doing that. Oh. <laughs> that's too new. That's not new. That's not old We're enough right. to be funny. <laughs> Miracle. We're already leaking viewers. We're leaking the viewers. We're that calling we have. it. We're <laughs> as soon as we said VHS. Yeah, and VCR. we are. In fact, you know what? We're calling it for the night, well, guys. No, it's cool because Thirteen Reasons Why had VHS. Oh well, no cassettes. So she made cassettes cool. You used to get blank CDs. You'd put them in your CD player. Even before we had a CD player, you have a mm-hmm. CD burner, and then you download yeah. from Napster. Oh mm-hmm. my, I can't. I just can't. We don't yeah. condone any type of piracy here. <laughs> 
now that, that day has ended anyway. Yep, it is. Uh, thanks, Metallica guy. Yeah. <laughs> right. well, That's who it was, right? It was the Metallica was, guy? Yeah. Yeah, they, they, uh, they, they had the biggest problem with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, guys. Uh, Chris, why don't you go ahead and tell everyone your social... This has been a lot of fun. Like, yes, uh, as, uh, always is. Uh, thank you for coming on. Why don't you tell everyone your social media so they can know where to find you? Uh, Chris Carr, 17 on Twitter. I chose the number 17 because there are 17 syllables in the original haiku. <laughs> <laughs> Miracle, no. how many syllables are in the haiku in your social media? None, because I have no social media because it rots your brain. You handled that pretty well. Yeah. Like, I thought you were just going to like just give me... Oh, the- I should have done a haiku, but I can't because I'm not that talented. <laughs> <laughs> and I with can, that being said... I can make a mixtape. We... We'll have we're gonna get you a, a cassette player. <laughs> I'm gonna get a piece of uh, uh, parchment and my calligraphy pen, yeah. and I'm gonna show you how to write a haiku. Well, <laughs> haikus are so difficult because you actually have to count it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're gonna do all this after the show. <laughs> um, we're gonna go to the antique store. Uh, yes. yes, guys, thank you for tuning in. This has been a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to follow us on social, uh, actually, first, if you want to watch full episodes of the show, you can find them on Spotify. You can find them on Pandora. You can find them on Apple Podcasts and Amazon Music. YouTube has clips from each episode, uh, each one of these segments. And in the description of those episodes, you can find a link to the Spotify uh, account, which will give you the full uh, unabridged version of the of the podcast. <laughs> Uh, if you want to follow us on social media, you can find us on Facebook and on TikTok because they want us to promote. Boomer nice. Uh, they want us to promote TikTok and Boomer Book. It's at Pop Culture Crisis. We're <coughs> also on Twitter at Pop Culture underscore Show. Uh, thanks for watching, guys. We will be back tomorrow with another episode. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Rock on. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.